Stay up on the real culture of Detroit by tuning in to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network weekly. Music, art, business, comedy, and never-before-told stories from the people of Detroit. Black Coffee is a podcast hosted by Kari Frazier and Frida Sampson Weekly. Weekly, Frida and Kari welcome guests to discuss the rich history of Black leadership, entrepreneurship, artistry, and social justice. The Detroit is Different podcast is about exposing artistry, business, ideas, and dynamic people, places, and things that make Detroit a mecca. Tune in weekly and subscribe to get the true stories from the people shaping the culture of an American classic city. You're listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Elsie law, legal royalty, bars in every sentence. Get off my pretty wings, I have habitual indifference. My mind's too advanced, I do mathematics with letters. That's why my iron big pentameter is way better. Still inside of Shakur, my whole couture. What other rappers' metaphors? So the semaphores. Vocabs too advanced to be autocorrected. Alpha rapper of the alphabet's been resurrected. And scrabble boards on face. Running on these tracks like Florence Griffith on the chase. One limb explodes like Florence Griffith in the race. It takes less than two when I'm robbing on his base. Huh. See, I'm easy rocking. Be easy with this E like I'm straight out of Compton. One project away like I'm straight out of Tonkin. Legal Eagle Fly or Die, these other birds are just mocking. Brain pin pad, vocal cord lips. These other female rappers out here talking with their hips. These misguided gangsters out here talking with their clips. While these devils copyright, grab the cash and then they zip. They try to stack us up and slay boats that don't float. Penitentiary surrounded by a moat. It's mental. You can tie a lion with a rope and he'll stay right there if he murder all his hope. But I got the antidote that will free any slaves and make runaway masters back in the days when that turn away every day that's the doctrine i show them off my legs when i'm dressed down in stockings now convince me your life matters when that violence starts to move in the counterclockwise pattern they hypnotize with a lot of total minds confuse their hearts their power will die gentrify their art gentrify their block and their parts then protest beside them this is all such a farce Next we'll turn them into Mother Nature's bastards That way they won't survive We start coming out blasting Have them boost their melanin Tell them that's in fashion Take the edge and the edges Have them sow those tracks in If they sow what they will reap It'd be hard to wake them up Once they put them to sleep Peace, everybody. You are listening to the Piper Carter podcast. I'm your host, Piper Carter, and we have our token super millennial in the building. What's up, Brittany? Piper, what up, though? <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to get us back? Yes, yes, yes. And we got we got the uh, the CEO uh, El Jefe. El Jefe in I'm the doing building. My shake right now. I am the. I am a black man caught up in the mix. Hey, Kari Frazier, owner, creator of uh, the incubator space that we call home. Uh, Thank you. Detroit is different. Thank you. You make this a beautiful thing because Piper's show uh, has added so many opportunities for Detroit is different. A lot of people recognizing what's going down. That Piper energy. We love the Piper spirit. Yeah, we love you too. Like, you know See, what I'm saying? This thank is you. this is where we grew up. You know what I'm saying? So having a space like right here in the hood where mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Nurturing, like re- regenerating, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what's up. I remember one time after a show, it was even like uh 
the little dudes on the street was racing. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's what's up. And one, the one with no shoes on, one. I was like, "See, man, that's why you gotta take your shoes off." I mean, and this is the type of space you create around here, right? Yes. Where, where kids feel safe. You can race at <clears> like that had to have been like. Was it like ten thirty? Yeah, it was like eleven o'clock like at night. Like eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You just gotta have your home down way. a dark street with no lights. <laughs> hey, hey. And them be them be the best races. His, yeah. His boy. His boy, like you know, like the 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 one two three race, the person at the yeah. end that moved their hand back further because they cooler right. with the other guy. Right, you right. gotta have a you have to have a hood uh, race. fair fair referee, yeah. fair hood referees. Yeah, for the hood Olympics. But this is the type of space you create here. You know what I'm saying? Where like even though the city has forgotten about us, <laughs> well, we can't concern ourselves right. with. Uh, <clears throat> Some of the local government stuff that goes on. Is, right. Uh, we self-determine you know. out in these streets. Yes. Self-determination. Yes. That's what's up. Politic myself as well, the rapper. I want to do just a little bitty detour. Um, I just wanted to give lots of love to um, the whole, to Puffy, the bad boy family. Mm. You know what I'm saying? For um, the loss of uh, Kim Porter or... Should I say that she joined the ancestors? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, me, myself, like being in New York City around the same time as all that stuff was going on, you know, just being involved, like doing work with um, a lot of the artists and hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, <clears throat> my my ex was um, part of the mod squad or the mode squad, if you will. With June Ambrose. So just being a part of that whole thing with Vibe magazine, you know, he was a stylist. He worked with, you know, mm. Puffy and uh, Missy and Buster and all did all those tours and things like that. So mm. just him, you know, coming home and then helping him like go shopping to like buy clothes and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like me working okay. on the, the fashion side, like, you know, just being um, involved in that. You can't help but cross paths with someone you know, like Kim Porter, because she was, um, you know, heavily involved uh, in the the scene, if you will. Um, yeah. Have, you know, so, yeah. And then also, <clears throat> that era, and you could speak more to this, just with your experience as a photographer, mm-hmm. in fashion, in that blend of, like, I guess, hip-hop fashion coming mm-hmm. in, like, she was a part of that yeah. wave. Yeah, like, she was a model... Um, but she was also a visionary. Um, she, you know, uh, would be at all the events, but sometimes at the photo shoots, um, sometimes in planning stages of things. Um, yeah, very integral part. You know, a uh, lot of the women, you know, in New York City, <clears throat> the women in hip hop scene is very diverse. It ranges all the way from the women in business and the business of hip hop to like the artists and she was basically what I would say cool with all types of people, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, and when, you know, I working in the business, I was, you know, privy to be at a lot of industry events. And I was also, you know, uh, in all the VIP sections or the double trip of VIP sections and mm-hmm. things and, you know, special parties that you have to get a special invite to. And, you know, she would, <clears throat> she would be there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At a lot of these affairs and events or, be involved in, in in some way with the people, you know, throwing it. And so, um, you know, I never was like, I can't say that I was like spending night over her house or mm-hmm. anything like that, but just on a cursory level, you know, seeing her at events, um, 
you know, saying peace, like, you know, in, in passing, like had a very acquaintance, like um, what I would say relationship. But many of my um, my friends or people I did business with had deeper relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And so would always be in a position to be maybe sitting next to her at the booth mm-hmm. or, you know, say what's up or share a booth or things like that. And um, she was always very, you know, gracious. She was always very nice, very sweet, um, you know, very lively, you know, um, very sophisticated. And, you know, she just brought that um, air of what I would call positive femininity, you know, to the space. Um, You know, like I said, she was a model, but she was also like a trailblazer, you know, coming up with a lot of the styles and things. So um, there's like these women that are, that were in the scene that, you know, a lot of other stylists and women and things would kind of look to. And she was one of those people that just had like this really, you know, um, simple, gracious, unique style that was like high end mixed with hip hop, you know, um, she would get chosen to be in a lot of the hip hop fashion, um, shows as well as, you know, for honey magazine and just, you know, she was a jet setter flying everywhere. So she just had a really super eclectic style. You know what I mean? And um, so, but, you know, that that light, you know what I mean? As far as like on this side of the universe is 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 gone, or at least in that flesh form. But um, her light is still here, you know, through her children um, and, and through the many images that we can, you know, that we can see of her. Um, she was 47. She had a heart attack. Um, because of what they say was pneumonia. And, um, yeah, it's interesting, like, uh, when we think of pneumonia or, like, catching a cold or, like, getting sick, me personally, I always think of that as something that's like, oh, that's just a cold or that's just a flu or you're going to get over it. Um, She was under doctor's care. You know, it's interesting to have that much wealth and then, like have something like pneumonia. Do you know what I'm saying? Like take you out. So well, many uh, yeah. many people have dealt with that. I want to say Bernie Mac mm. as well. It was pneumonia, and uh, knowing people that have passed, even in my family, from it. Mm. Uh, as they say, the fluid in you know water and fluid starts getting into your lungs. Mm. Uh, the um, the year before my mom passed, she dealt with pneumonia mm. too. So it's more common than you think. Mm. <clears throat> Uh, some of this we're we're still looking at from the from the idea of you know these people are practicing medicine. So some of this mm-hmm. is as she even stated, or like I've been reading reports that she was like, oh, something's going on, and that's what was reported. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just have to be aware of what's going on in you, our bodies. Have mm-hmm. good relationships, hopefully, with whoever. Uh, whoever our physicians are, half mm-hmm. physicians, mm-hmm. and be willing to uh, get more multiple opinions. Hopefully you, you're blessed with that mm-hmm. opportunity. And you've been um, talking about um, doing more relationship building between the medical world and hip-hop. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about that or not just yet? Yeah, we can definitely talk about that. Uh, it's a couple of different people, like uh, my primary care physician, and I want to bring him over to this network, Dr. Thomas, Paul Thomas with Plum Health. Uh, he does direct primary care. And, and some of this stuff, like as you know, 
it becomes a, it can be overwhelming just learning a lot of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was 35 now, but I may have gone outside of just going to get checked up for like STDs. I may have went (sighs) as an entrepreneur and everything and in and out of like little odd work. I may Mm -hmm. have gone six, seven years without going to see any like Mm -hmm. actual doctors. So when I turned 30, I was like, yo, I got to really go to a doctor and even going through that process, how do you find a primary care physician? Mm-hmm. What is that process like? How do you know that this person's good? Doing your blood work, having mm-hmm. the money for blood work. I, I, I learned a lot in that process. Mm-hmm. And, and some of this, <clears throat> just for anybody listening, and right now I'm just talking from the black man's perspective, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of you know true skepticism about doctors in general. We know mm-hmm. about the Tuskegee experiments. We're very mm-hmm. aware of all the quote-unquote missing Black people, mm. you know, um, so like that is in, in the back of your mind, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about, you know, how many black people are really organ donors, mm. but are listed mm. as organ donors, mm. you know what I'm saying? So mm. it is, it's some, it's some real life uh, things to think about, but in these things that you're thinking about, still being aware and having a pulse on what's going on, as mm-hmm. we even look at Jay Dilla and his life. And um and it's like, man, you know, you, you the 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 different people, uh, you know, Hex and what Hex is dealing with. Uh we look at, I mean, damn, you know what I'm saying? You went to high school with him like right now and he's fighting a hell of a fight right now on Kool-Aid. Um, yeah. Shout out to Kool Aid. Um, Keep fighting. And so many people right now are like, damn, what's going on with Kool-Aid and, and battling cancer? And you hear so much about what's going on and just having someone you can trust that knows more about this. I, I know it's our bodies, but we still need to rely on and have some systems. So mm-hmm. I really do know that a lot of uh, my friends are like me because when I was looking for my doctor a couple years back, I was asking my friends, like, what doctor do you go to? And then, like my friends looked like, at me like crickets. I was, yeah, I know. Like I was speaking, like I was speaking Mandarin or something. <laughs> I was like, doctor, <laughs> doctor, like, uh, what you mean, doctor? You right. need to go to the clinic. Like, who you? Right. Who you messing with? You know. But right. it's like, no, no, no. Like a regular I just wanna, doctor. I, there's nothing wrong. I just want to get yeah, checked I, out. I want to look at my heart, my lungs. Yeah, about this, you know. So, <sighs> um, you know, um, so. In that, I do think there are ways mm. uh, to at least be aware of what's going on. Like mm-hmm. uh, even even for, I mean, for for everybody listening, as I'm playing a stronger role with my family, you know, your awareness, nothing is quote unquote wrong. But mm-hmm. like, you know, if something were to happen and you fall out and you're you're not you haven't been to a doctor in a while mm. you know depending upon whatever medication they give you it can mm-hmm. trigger something else to mm-hmm. go wrong mm-hmm. oh, but you this might. is like the yeah. the off rip this is the off rip what they give you but you have right. high blood pressure so it's like right. okay we give you the mm. we giving you the uh in the ambulance aspirin and right. not in the ambulance aspirin would trigger off your right. your uh your hypertension to, right. to go even further overrate. So Ooh. some of this is just being aware of what's going on mm-hmm. in your body and having an understanding of what's what's mm-hmm. going on to mm-hmm. even take anything. And then God forbid if you're incapacitated. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's ever seen mm-hmm. someone have like a diabetic attack or something. But if you're mm-hmm. incapacitated, if you have a diabetic attack mm-hmm. and then they sh- shoot something in the IV, Ooh. if you don't know what's going on oh, in your body goodness. before this, it can cause... 
it's almost like dominoes falling. Right. After dominoes falling. And right. when people say like, man, that person's this young or that person's this young, right. it's people that are, you know, all ages, especially in our community. Yeah. You know? uh, a lot of this we can say related to, to foods and lack of oh, exercise. But, yeah. um, you know, that that... Heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, mm. those are those are some strong, yeah. strong and very prevalent things in the black community. They Cardiac are. arrest, uh, stroke, mm-hmm. those can all be related to that. You know mm. what I'm saying? So uh, these stress levels as we, mm-hmm. we go into like uh, mm-hmm. mental anxiety going into all of this. but And um, then all that. And then, you know, in our community, we self-medicate. Well, yeah. I mean, in all communities, but I'm yeah. just speak for our community. Yeah. We self medicate and like with liquor, and you know, li- drinking liquor excessively, and other substances, foods like you said, sugar. Yeah, you know, and and sugar is a drug, and yeah, it does damage right. to I your body. Sugar. I mean, I know? did then all this dental work because I like sugar so much, you know. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, but that that sugar will, you know, as we know, it does so much it damage will, to your uh, brain, everything. You know, it will um, your pancreas, your liver, a lot of a lot of damage, a lot of stuff. Like you know, and even even that, you know, dental mm-hmm. health um, and these costs, and I believe a oh, lot yeah. of it is just like, do we have the money? So you get a diagnosis. Woo! And then you looking at like, oh man, yeah. that's gonna cost you them thousands. Yeah, I mean dental dental work can cost you easily. You know, you're looking at you know twelve thousand yeah. dollars. So it's just like, yeah. what do I do? And then you like, okay, well, how bad is it? And then right. One problem leads to another problem right. leads to another problem right. leads to another problem. Right. And now you have brain damage because Woo-wee. you didn't handle a cavity. Mm. You know that you could have addressed. I don't know. 12 20 years, years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Twenty years ago. You know, wow. Well, well, that plus just you know me personally. You know what I'm saying? Drinking more water. Water plays a role. You know, um, eating more dark leafy greens, raw foods, a lot of vegetables. Um, staying away from certain foods. Like that's a lot of stuff that I do. And in real life, like honestly, you know, I travel a lot and. Going from different time zones to like different weather to like different atmospheres to like different issues as that may be going on that you don't mm-hmm. even know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or even like being here in Detroit, like dealing with all the stuff, all the atmospheric stuff that's here that we don't even think about. Like yeah. our air quality is like right now in shit. California, as they say, like with all of the fires that are right. going on, was you know, the air quality you, in Oakland you know, is terrible. As they, you know, they'll straight up say, in a fire, you're not dying from burning up. You're dying from the smoke. You're mm-hmm. dying from smoke inclination. Mm-hmm. So it's like if smoke inclination, uh, inf- in- inhalation, inhalation mm-hmm. will kill you be in <clears throat> a house, then yeah. what is that doing in the atmosphere over time? You know what I mean? And, and also all the stuff that's burning, right? Because everything's yeah. made of chemicals. Yeah, yeah. All this stuff is made of, like, if, like, if, a, like, it's the car, the house, the toaster, all the clothes, like all the materials the house is made out of, like all that stuff is turned into particles. Like that are gaseous. It's just deep. And, and it's like, you don't know. And that's why, I, as you talk about hip hop and tying it, access for uh, people in the community that are more entrepreneurial to at least talk to 
a physician yeah. and see if if you like the physician that, you know, some of the physicians I'll introduce you to. And if you don't like them, it's at least a starting place because yeah. if anything happens in your travels, mm-hmm. you're going to end up in a hospital. So you would at least be, I, I believe it's, it's better and it behooves of you to know what's going on mm-hmm. a little bit beforehand. And right. no matter how... Uh, I guess health centered you are, or like, off you the know, grid. Yeah, or off the grid. If mm-hmm. you, if you know, if you interact with people and you fall out in in wherever, walking down the street, someone's yeah, going to call nine one one. Yeah. The ambulance. Yeah. It's not like they're gonna say, "Oh, this person has." And they call the herbalist. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like I, I, I don't even know what herbalist <laughs> to call. You know what I'm saying? Herbalist. You had a show. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and something happens, and, and stuff like this happens. Mm-hmm. They're going to call. 911, and if you haven't seen or or don't know the language, and that's really what it is. So I, I really just want to break that barrier yeah. in uh, seeing, uh, being more present and being old enough uh, in witnessing some of the passing of my family members. I'm a little mm-hmm. more assertive mm-hmm. uh, in, in hospital and in doctor mm-hmm. situations mm-hmm. because you really, you really need to... Um, they need to know that there's people there yep. that are on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and getting and going to hold true, them accountable. Yeah, and getting yeah. a true understanding of what's going on because yeah. it can be overwhelming it's where they talk over your head. They do, yeah. and then if you're grieving, it's like, well, this is what happened, and this is what and happened. it's hard, and this is how like with well, my happened, mom you know? when she got sick. My mom had a heart attack. Then, like during her bypass surgery, she had a stroke. Mm. She went into a coma for about a week. And then she, uh, so coming out of the coma, she had lost her full sight, memory, and mobility. And like initially, she was just supposed to have this bypass surgery. It was just supposed to be a month. And I was just supposed to be here for a month to help her. But by all of that happening, that's how I ended up even living here because I just stayed with her in the hospital for like nine Mm -hmm. months. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I'll never forget when I, you know, the little thing they give you. Like when you're waiting for your loved one to finish their operation and it like buzzes. So when I just remember when I went up and I got in the elevator and the doctors like, well, when I was coming out the elevator to her floor and I just saw the doctors looked at me, they got in the elevator, they looked like they saw a ghost. Mm. And I was like, oh, snap. That's when I knew something was wrong. But I didn't say nothing to the doctors. I just went straight to my mom. When they told me she was in a coma, I was like, oh, Mm. my God. She came out that coma... After a week, and I was really happy. But then when, like, she was incapacitated, you know what I'm saying? And didn't know who she yeah. was. She didn't know who I was. She didn't mm-hmm. know anything. She was like that for, like, almost a year where, where she couldn't hold any information mostly is, in her brain. And this, you know what I'm saying? And this is— She had to uh, relearn her whole life all my, over again. My grandma this past this past— Summer. It's mm-hmm. like you learn more, and even hearing mm-hmm. those stories, like you start thinking, like, damn, what were they putting in her IV? How did that mesh with any other medications or mm-hmm. anything else in her past or her childhood mm-hmm. that didn't fit? Because mm-hmm. some of this stuff, if you know, are you dealing with a person that gets immunizations? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't do any flu shots. No, I don't do so, that. So, but a hospital is going on the assumption yeah. that you, yeah. you do all your immunizations. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if they're going to put something in my IV, mm-hmm. they're going to put something that probably meshes with that understanding. Right. And, and uh, like, uh, my, my grandma, this past summer, mm-hmm. so this is, like, so... It, it This is so weird because it's, like... But it's real, and I think that stuff like this happens very common. She... 
she had one surgery because she broke her hip. Mm. And then the pain meds that they gave her had her hallucinating. Was so it morphine? I'm not sure what it was. Mm. And and because it's like, I, I'm sure it was uh it was a part of morphine, but so much of the way that they mm-hmm. cut these medicines now mm-hmm. is right. morphine and God knows what. You know mm. what I'm saying? But because she was hallucinating, she got up and she right. broke her other hip. Oh no. So kind of oh, like yeah. the same perspective of like what you were saying with your mom because the hospital's talking to you like damn please don't sue us for medical malpractice right. that's really how they're giving you information Pretty they're much. not giving you information like look this is what happened right. we messed mm-hmm. up right. uh, we probably shouldn't have did this because right. they're thinking that you're going to sue because that's really they're uh, fearful that that I, I believe is the number one thing so you have to like sidestep a lot of that and say yep. alright look straight up mm-hmm what did you give her? Yeah. Don't give her any more of that. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we need to let's work, let's make work sure. Together. Yes. Yeah. Is this common? Because chances are, you, with whatever her medicine is mm-hmm. and whatever you've given her, if she hasn't had any doses, things like this, you may have to have her go through more pain. And that's something that's so weird as like, you know, we know the opioid addiction that exists mm-hmm. right now in the nation, quote, unquote, it, exist, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying, yeah, the epidemic. Yeah. But with that, those payments, mm-hmm. and part of it, you know, if you go through a surgery and yeah. how you even make a decision on that, if you have yeah. addiction in your family, like, you have to make a decision on it. It's like, damn, you know, am I going to, uh, do I want to forego... <laughs> You know, well, the thing is with the pain know. medicine, the reason that the pain medicine is important, and I'm anti-medicine, right? Mm-hmm. I'm anti-drugs. I'm anti-all that. Yeah. But I will say the pain sometimes is what can kill you mm-hmm. because the because what happens is sometimes the pain is so great that those uh, chemicals that your body makes from being in pain can actually kill you, can actually mm-hmm. make you weaker and can actually make you more susceptible to diseases. But one thing I remember <laughs> my mom... Uh, so when I, I remember I had been in the hospital with my mom, it was probably like a month. I hadn't had a shower. I hadn't mm-hmm. left. I hadn't hardly eaten. I was just mm-hmm. there every single day with my mom in the hospital, in her room. And I remember the nurses kept coming in like, you need to go home. You need to go home. And I was just like, I, I'm the only child. So I was like, I can't go mm-hmm. home. I can't go. They were like, look, you need to go home. You need to like try to, you know, rest or relax or something and then come back. And I was just so paranoid that I just, I couldn't leave her. I said, but I can't the, leave the my mom. The tough thing about leaving is when you do leave, in yeah. that first situation, yeah. you was like, okay, the surgery going to be cool or whatever. You leave, something happens. Okay, so check this out. And then you be like, oh, shit. Right. I, sh- I, I should have been left. there. Right. Yeah. Because you all, if you all leave it to your own discretion, right. it's not like y'all are, uh, I, y'all don't don't think, I don't think that they're much. maliciously, <laughs> intentionally right, taking right. advantage of people. But the way they're going to operate and make decisions mm-hmm. is not from the best interest and the understanding of my love. Of my mother. So then, so I go home. Right mm-hmm. after a month, I take a shower. No, I take I take a bath. I relax. I tried to get some sleep. I honestly mm-hmm. did not get the sleep that I wanted to get, but I got more uh-huh. sleep. You know, because mm-hmm. I could lay down in the bed. Yeah, I changed mm-hmm. my clothes and everything. When I went to the hospital, they had my mom tied to the hospital, like chained to the hospital with handcuffs, mm-hmm. like hand and foot. Oh my god! When I tell you, I blacked out. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, nobody on that floor got sleep. I apologize. To anybody that had a surgery <laughs> that was trying to get recoup on that floor. When I'm telling you I blacked out, I'm talking about like 
Remember yeah. that scene in Friday when his mom blacked out on him? Yo, bro, I'm talking about I went up and down. Remember that scene when Queen Latifah blacked out I'm uh, and set it off? Bro, I went up and down so hard mm. on the floor going crazy nah. that they called the president of the hospital, this dude. And my mom, by her not having her memory and things, and I didn't tell her what happened, but all my mom, to this day, my mom would tell you, oh, my daughter had the president of the hospital come and see me. He got me flowers. <laughs> <laughs> but, Bro. but you know, and, and this is what's so weird, because they restrained your mom mm-hmm. from the same thing from my grandma. Because, right. But the thing, even when decisions like that are made, mm-hmm. you need to contact whoever is they in the order contact as you. opposed to just saying, we're going to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, my mom didn't know what was happening I know. because of her memory. And that's so where all they my were mom thinking knows. that your mom's state of mind and her presence could probably have her harmed. But, but, which is what they told me. But at yeah. the same time, I know, but, it but had her emotionally been, harmed. You should have been, been contacted. contacted. Yeah. The same way that we should have been contacted confused. with my grandma right. about like, yo, what we gave your grandma tonight, we wanted to restrain her. Mm-hmm. What does that do? And now we have the option of going to be like, all right, right. nah, we're going to be by our bedside. Yeah, make and sure. And say, like, yeah. nah, you ain't got to restrain her. Or we we definitely got to be there because we can't have my grandma restrained. And then she wake up and is in cuffs and thinking like, damn. Right. Did, uh, Which is did, what did happened to my mom. take over America? <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's that's what happened to my mom. And I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to yeah. lose it because my mom was confused. And I, you yeah. know what I'm saying? You just yeah. wake up, you're in handcuffs. You don't even know what happened to you and you're in pain yeah. because she just kept forgetting that she had a, a, a uh, um, yeah. I mean, but an it's, operation, it's the, and sh- but you're yeah. right. But they should have at least but contact to, me. But Agreed. that's the you know. But that's saying? the way that you you know under uh, under this under duress and having those relationships with mm-hmm. with people and then having that awareness. You know, um, the 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 first person uh, now as I'm learning, man, I'm learning so much. It's like okay, who's your you know some of the people that I'm you know in the in the more of the pecking order with my family mm-hmm, and my mm-hmm. mom passing and my aunt passing which were like the two matriarchs of the family that right. handle this so now it's like okay who's your primary care physician so now you need to know the primary mm-hmm. care physician because if you fall out and now yeah. you're in the hospital i yeah. gotta i right. they have to know what's going on right. when's the last time you got checked is right. this correct are right. you are you Aware, and then this is like if if those relationships don't already exist, because like everything you did was like boots on the ground here in a crisis, and you held it down for your mom. But Mm -hmm. now moving forward, I'm sure you have these. You know, as people say, I gotta go to the doctor with. It's like, yeah, you do have to go to the doctor with, so that you have a relationship with. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you with uh, similar to both y'all situations with my aunt, my mom's sister, like. Your aunt that just Man. passed recently. Mm. Like she had breast cancer, and you know my mom and my mom's siblings—they're from uh, a town close to Columbia, Mississippi. It's called Expo, and uh, basically everybody in their family lived in the town. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I say that to say, like people from down south, they believe in not sharing a whole lot of information at all, and so. Me and my cousin, her only son, found out about her having a bre- having breast cancer probably with her having, you know, having it for six months. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we went with her to when she went to get her breast augmentated and to fight that battle. And we started becoming more into that process. And so then once um, she was done with that, she 
you know, I don't think the cancer, I really don't know. I'm not that well versed to talk about it. But from my perspe- uh, perspective, I think she, they didn't really get rid of it and it traveled through her bones. Mm. And we didn't find out about her having bone cancer to mm. a year after she had it because she felt that she didn't want to be a burden right. to us. Right. Well, that, that, and that role of caretaking and then having that relationship because especially in our families, in our family units, boy, black women are the strongest. Yeah. Are the strongest. It, but in it, that's what it'll be. Like mm-hmm. a black woman, it'll be, you know what I'm saying? You know, it'll be like, I don't want you to know that I just got shot yesterday. Right. And it'd be like, man, if you don't. Right. And if you so- don't chill, but that, that attitude it, it it takes a, a understanding even to to nurture and move around that yep. and still be present to be like, all right, let's do this the right way. And yeah. so, like, I think when we found out she, the pain had gotten so severe, she wanted to do things more holistically. Mm-hmm. She wanted to, you know, she never was a bad eater, but yeah. she wanted to change everything and do it holistically. But... I wish if I could change, you know, not what I've learned from it is, is to even with my mom, who, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I think is looks great, seems healthy, eats right. Just because she's not saying something, you know, like kind of like check in on her, ask the right questions, you know, test her just like how she would test me when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ask those, not those trick questions, you know, just to see how she would answer it. Because with my aunt, like, you know, once we got involved and started helping her, it was when she started realizing that the holistic way wasn't working. So mm. she went and jumped to do radiation, and that actually backfired. Yeah, chemo. Went to the had her in the oh, had her God. in the hospital. As soon as she got out the hospital, chemo's rough. She chemo is very she shrunk. Tough. She had to stop doing the radiation. Took was taking about seven or eight medications along with her blood pressure medication. Mm. Then mm. they had a medication like the morphine. Um, when it, when that's, that wasn't enough, she went from being 5'11 to 5'7 because her bones shrunk her so much. And, um, you know, at that point it was, you know, the, it was more support mm. on her, on her, on her, on her travels to her new location. Mm. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. still powerful within itself, but yeah. I'm, you know, I'm happy that you could tell it was parts of her that still had her brain. You know what I mean? Ooh. Because she would say to us. This stuff is making me hallucinate, mm. and that and that can happen. And then also, it's mm. it's delicate too because when that starts happening, and then the family's more around, yeah. it can be like the the self consciousness of like, oh, now y'all worried about me. Y'all need to yeah, worry about right. yourself. Yeah. So it's like a a a, a move a and a dance kind of, thing, of understanding, yeah. like, yo. I'm going to be present. I'm going to represent. But this is where, like, those conversations and, and those visits, like, yeah, we can go to the doctor together. We can uh, we can shoot this move together. And uh, mm. definitely, uh, you know, from, from one angle, black women are so strong. And with black men, it's almost, like, non-existent. Yeah. Because, like I said, like, even checking up on, like, mm-hmm. if you're dating a guy or whatever, it's like, you go to the doctor. And it's like, oh, you think you got something? And it's like, no. <laughs> Do you go to the doctor because yeah, do you I want to make out sure yourself, that you are okay? You're healthy. You know. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting too is um it's important for us um in in our gener- and it's interesting because Brittany, I'm the same age as Brittany's mother, so mm. I'm old enough to be your mother. Mm. And OG Piper, I'm an OG. So it's interesting like that. It's important for us to like be in relationship with our families in terms of like you know um checking up on them because like my ex my most recent ex that I had here um he 
for whatever reason, didn't want to do, didn't want to go with his aunt. You know what I'm saying? To like help her. I guess maybe that was rough on him. Yeah. Emotionally, he didn't want to do so. Like I would go with her to do her chemo. And like me personally, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't like being in hospital. I don't like being around radiation mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I don't like being. However, um, you know, I just figured like she's she when you go through chemo, right? What I've watched when I watch her going through it, it it literally like breaks you down. Damn, bro. Yeah, it well, literally breaks it, you down, it, and she needed isolating. somebody. It's oh isolating God. so much as we're, uh, you know, I mean. But, but she, but yeah. literally, like, she yeah. couldn't walk after. Yeah. Like, she would need, like, she would, she couldn't drive. Like, she would, so I would, like, you know, drive her, pick her up, stay with her there. Then she would be done. Then I would, like, take her to, take her home. And then every time that she would have chemo, she would throw up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It would be so rough that she would just throw up. So I would, I would clean her up. I'll put her in the bed, you know, and put her in the bed and, um. I was really, 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 really praying that she was going to live because she was upright on two feet. She looked so strong. And when she passed, it was really, really, really um, difficult because I just really was like, you know how you have that hope? Yeah. And you're just like pushing like, okay, you're going to make it. I can see you. She just was so strong through it all. And I remember like she would just apologize every time oh and be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'd be like, it's nothing to be sorry about. And she'd be like, I'm just throwing up. And I'd be like, it's chemo. Like this thing is not supposed to be in your body. Yeah, right. Like it's, oh, your body is pushing this out. Whatever this poison is, is good that you're throwing up. Cause it's pushing this out. And I would just lay with her and hold her and rub her and things like that. And she would just cry and cry and cry. And um, she would just be like, you're not, my, you know, you're not my daughter. Like, why are you taking care of me like this? But just for me, I just figured like she's a human being. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I guess that's me naturally is like caring for folks. Like, I'm naturally like that kind of person that's like just just care. And it's really difficult to watch a person, especially a black woman, elder. You know what I'm saying? Just be broken down by chemo like that. That it it physically hurt hurts to look at. Yep. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? Whatever for me personally, it's like whatever I could do to make this easier for you. Yeah. That's that's what I'm gonna do. So if I'm gonna sit here for like three, four, five, six hours and just hold you and rub on you, and that's gonna help you. You know what I'm saying? Get to sleep and and bring you back. Like that's what I'm gonna do. Damn. You know what I'm saying? And because I did that stuff for, I did that with my mom, you know, but that's my mom, I know. Yeah. But I did that with my mom like 24 hours a day. And I will say this one little story. Like when my mom was in that coma, literally, so that was when Obama was, go, was going through like, um, like when they, when he won, mm-hmm. right? So literally, like right before my mom, um, like, went into the hospital, Obama had, um, it was like that whole process of him, like, you know, uh, like winning. Okay. Mm. So, uh, when, when she was in, it was hilarious, kind of hilarious. But so every day, uh, I, when I was in there, I told the, uh, the nurses when in the ICU, you know, when I was there, um, th- they always wanted to put on TV, 
So I was glad that I was that I was there because I was like, don't put TV on. Because I was raised with no TV. My mom mm. raised me like no TV. I snuck and watch it, but for the most part, it's like you're not allowed to watch TV because mm. my mom was in marketing. You ain't catch up with. What's and my mom happening. was like, you know, I don't want that in your brain. Pipe, you know what I'm saying? Pipe, I mean, we we snuck and watch it, but we but we wasn't allowed to watch bear. it. Yeah, we watch. watched that stuff. And then <laughs> then you know you sneak and watch it, and then your mom's like, let's have a conversation about what these messages mean. That type of thing. So, mm. like, so when my mom, you know what I'm saying, when I knew that she was going through that process of being in a coma, I was like, yeah, I don't want that TV in her brain. So I didn't allow no TV. So I would just be there. I would talk to her. I would read to her. I would, like, tell her jokes. I would just, and the nurses <laughs> would come in there and be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you sure you don't want TV? And I'd be like, no TV. And literally, as long as I could stay awake, I would just be talking to my mom and like, remember this, remember that? And I'll be having conversations about, and and then I would do this mantra. And the mantra was like, I'm okay, it's okay, everything's okay. I'm okay, it's okay, everything's okay. And the craziest thing, when my mom, it was my grandma was in the room and the two nurses, and when my mom started coming out the coma and they started doing a little beeping thing, the first thing my mom said out her mouth, out her mouth was, "I'm okay. It's okay. Everything's okay." Them nurses wow. looked at me like, "Whoa!" I said, "See, but I don't want you watching TV, <laughs> right? See, I don't want you watching TV." And that was me saying that like over and over and over and over. I smell like for like constantly. And then my mom just was like saying it out her mouth. And when she finally came to, um, Obama had one. And my aunt was working on Obama's campaign. So every time my aunt would come, she would always talk about Obama. And so when the nurses and stuff was trying to put my mom into like a regular room to like prove that she could like keep information in her brain, but she couldn't, they, you know, they were mixing like the Osama with the Obama. So they would ask her who's president and she'll say, Osama bin Laden. <laughs> and uh, and then, they, then she would say, Osama Baraka. <laughs> but she was just saying like, you know, what know. It, stuff was getting mixed up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it was just funny. So when she finally, finally, finally like was able to go, which was what, like about, I said like nine months later. My mom was finally able to like hold some inf- hold enough information in her brain and walk enough for them to say she could go home and she was okay. Mm-hmm. And it was just funny because like the lady would come like every week and ask her the same questions like what year is it? What year were you born? Who's the president? And for the longest time, my mom just kept saying Osama. <laughs> And I just kept telling the lady, like, it is close. She can't go home. It is so close. Let her go home. No, but she finally got it. You know what I'm saying? She finally got it. And the the beautiful thing was, let me see, when she she finally did get home, she made it in enough time for, like, so uh, I, I had it taped. You know what I'm saying? When he won. You know what I'm saying? So when she watched it, she was crying and she was like, I never, you know, thought this would happen. And my little bourgeois uncle, God rest his soul, he, uh, <laughs> I remember I called him when Obama won with my mom on the speakerphone because, like, he, he did not want um, Obama to win. They're Republicans. So it's, it's whatever. I know that's another podcast. But, like, uh, when I called him, I say, I say, yeah, uncle, you know, uh, Guess who won? He's like, yeah, I don't know how that nigga won. I'm like, because he, this is who the people want. You know what I say? I say, but guess what, uncle? He's like, what? I'm like, that nigga is your president. (laughs) (laughs) 
And my and that made my mom laugh. Like I remember that just like that kind of stuff just like lifted her up. You know what I'm saying? So that's the one thing I will say. Be with your be with your relatives, like make them laugh. Make them oh, the other thing I did too, uh, this was kind of deceptive, but I tricked my mom into thinking she was vegan. So for like a good year that she couldn't remember who she was and who I was, she thought she was vegan. So she was eating all this vegan food and she was getting a lot better. She was getting off medicines and everything. And I had this caregiver that um, she meant well, and she was coming by the house and everything and helping me with her so that I could get out the house and, and get some free time. And she, uh, I came Smokers home one KFC. day. KFC. Listen, why did this lady, I came home, the refrigerator was full of meat, chicken, all types of stuff. And I told the lady, what the hell? And she's talking about, your mama ain't no damn vegan. <laughs> <laughs> she was cooking her neck bones and all type. And then my mom came to me like, Piper, you had me thinking I was vegan. <laughs> I was like, I did, I did. I was like, but you were getting so much better. She was like, I am not vegan. They standing there protesting. That is hilarious, Piper. She was making, the, the lady was making her mashed potatoes with gravy and all types of greens with with a turkey neck in it and all that. And I was like, lady, was I have mama. Mama was so happy after that. But but the important thing is, you know what I'm saying? Like, just basically, like Kari was saying, you got to be, like, on top of your relatives. Like, be with them and spend time yeah. with them. You know what I'm saying? Because the healthy, that's what, made, that's what made her get better. Yeah, you got to be time. there. You got to be know? there. And then also be willing, like I say, to have those conversations with the... With the experts, the physicians, yeah. because, you know, uh, what they say, they're just practicing medicine. And they be saying, saying? stuff, so and you be like, what are they talking about? And, and sometimes, you know, they really don't know. It's not like a it's not like a doctor's going to come in. They're going to be like, oh, well, it's this other expert, but he's on vacation, so he should be in right. in two weeks. And then it's like, okay. And you know what I mean? That, they that's going to happen. They do that, don't they? So you... you you have to you have to be like, all right, so based on your diagnosis, and that's where... You know, having the relationship, being willing to ask those questions that are tougher questions. And really being not. willing to continue to ask those questions because yeah. they was yep. making me feel like I was stupid yeah. because I didn't know these words that they were saying. And I was yeah, like, I will. don't know oxyphilous, differsliferliferless. What, will what the hell are you talking do? about? What will this do? <laughs> what is this supposed to do? Okay, what's the objection what is gonna happen? this? What does this mean? You know, and then they be mad, and then I was looking yeah. stuff up. I would come back with my little research, and then they'll try to make you feel dumb. You can't just research things on the internet. Well, mm-hmm. where else I'm gonna research it? Because mm-hmm. that's where I'm looking. Where I'm where I'm gonna get the information? I don't and know. Do, do look it up. The internet can be scary if you do all diagnosis because right. you know internet diagnosis, as we know, it's like <laughs> you'll stub your toe, and it's like oh, I'm gonna die tomorrow, like. Right, right, right. But but it is a place, and, and being willing to have those conversations with those people uh, that are the experts. And like I say, you know, it, if you're in the hospital, uh, it, it steps to that process because yeah. it is big business. You mm-hmm. know, uh, your mom being there for nine months, that's, I can't even imagine what that bill was. And along oh, yeah. with that bill, you know, you can be in a hospital for four days and you can go oh, through yeah. a shift of like 17 different nurses. So yeah. getting a ambulance relationship is $1, with $1, people. Ambulance ride yeah. is $1,000. Yeah. They be charge you $500 for aspirin. Yeah. If, they, if they can get away with it, they'll try to charge you like $9 million for something. You'll be like, can I get yeah. the generic brand? And they'll try to tell you, but it doesn't work as well. They'll be like, what's, what's the difference in the ingredients? 
And <laughs> you, have to, you have to be very present. You have to be very uh, conscious and, and know mm-hmm. what's going on. Uh, and look those words up. Yeah. And look up the uh, altern- the natural alternative. Because that's what I was, I was looking up, natural alternatives. Because I was like, okay, what do these, what do these um, chemical ingredients, what, what's the basics what's the yeah, yeah. of these? Yeah. And then I find the plants. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, well, we, well, then we just need to get these plants. So just getting that plant energy and that plant food, you know what I'm saying, was really what was, you know what I'm saying, helpful. And um, yeah, and then at the end of the day, right, like Western medicine is good for like when you actually have a problem. And like Eastern medicine is great for when you're trying to prevent things. I like that. So that's something like to kind of think that. about. Yeah, because like if you break your leg, it's not like you could drink, you know what I'm saying, some herb flower tea. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. You need to I'm, get your legs set. You know what I'm saying? Well, the point. As, as Brittany has gone through, I was just about uh, to, yeah. through that, and <laughs> I've, broken, I've broken my leg before. Right. So, yes. About about the conversations and reading through and and going to and going to the hospital, you know, when I when I originally tore my Achilles, I am the type of person I've never had a major injury when I played basketball. Mm. So I'm like, okay, maybe I just it was a hamstring pull or something and I was like, but you know what? I'm getting older. Let me go to urgent care. That's mm-hmm. right up the street just as my second second mm-hmm, check. Mm-hmm. Guy looked at it, literally looked at it, touched it and said, "Oh, it's tendonitis. Take mm. these take these steroids. Take this mm. for about 2 weeks." Um, and it should be better. And then after the two weeks is up, if you're not better, uh, call us. Mm. And I'm like, are you sure? He's like, you know, yeah, like this is good. I was like, and I just remember him like that little tiny hesitant. And I, from that feeling that I got, I should have just like went and got another opinion. Mm. But because I was so like aligned with the fact that I've never been majorly injured, Mm. I let it go. Mm. So a week within that two weeks, I'm like, something is not right. And Mm. thankfully, I let my mom guide me to go and to get finally halfway through getting a second opinion. Mm. However, because of how the hospital plays, even with me having, I would say, decent insurance, mm-hmm. I wasn't about to let them run up, run up the, run up the check. I'm like, yeah. okay. I told the doctor when she came in. I'm like, listen, I know for sure that it's more than tendonitis. Mm-hmm. If from what you see and what you feel doing your doing your regular checks up to see exactly what it is. If you feel the only way to really further diagnosis is to give me an x-ray, give it to me. Mm-hmm. But if you know that you can diagnose this without an x-ray, do not give me an x-ray. Yeah. Mm. And uh, What did she say? And she said, okay. She went. It took her an hour. She went and talk, called, called the orthopedic department and said, I am not technically inclined to diagnose this. Either way... You tore something, and mm. an ex- I don't need an X-ray to know that. But I'm mm. not an expert in in and taking you through what you need to do to heal. So what so, happened? So she wrapped me up where I had to stay off of it completely mm-hmm. until I got an orthopedic appointment the next morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, the next the following Monday, went mm-hmm. to the orthopedic. He did. They did the. They did their testing of what mm. they do with the Achilles, and he said, "Oh yeah, you for sure tore it." Ooh. Yeah. That so could you imagine painful. me walking around on that that additional week? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, like uh the mind the mind is you'll be surprised. When I broke my leg, it I was still I just didn't bend it. Well, like right at the uh mm. but uh but even with it, like I, I it's it's a lot of I mean, medicine's such a big business, you know, through my 
my personal care physician. Mm-hmm. He's giving me the place to get an x-ray as I needed an x-ray. Because I was like, man, this is so weird. Because I have the Arthur, as they mm. say. The Arthur is arthritis. Oh. It's like, I have like, uh, it, my mom had it too. I don't even know how I got the Arthur. Maybe, isn't it hereditary or no? I don't know. It may be, but but you know, also my whole family got the gout or the Arthur. I'm glad I got the Arthur over the gout. Yeah. But one day I woke up and I was like, "What in the hell is going on?" So I told him I was like, "Yo, I need to run an X-ray." So mm. there's other ways to get X-rays, okay. you know. And and I'm firm on like things like that. Yeah, if you think it's a break, you think it's a tear, um, you know, do a little bit more research, like what you said, because yeah, the X-ray at uh. The X-ray in emergency will like, cost you a couple bands. I don't want to be cheap. I don't want to be cheap. It will cost you a couple bands. It was wow. the, you know, it was a moment where I had like I had needed. It was no way I could like walk anymore. Like wow. I felt something was wrong, so I oh, had yeah, to go, yeah, and yeah. I did not. It's about pin. being smart. I didn't want to be at the mercy of paying for an X-ray at at the emergency emergency yeah, yeah. dime. But wow. at the same time, I wasn't going to be cheap and end up in a further worse situation. So yeah. trying to pierce through the doctor and get her to see like, look, this is my scenario. I'm being yeah. open and honest with you. However. If you feel like I need this, please tell me. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. running away from the information. Yeah, and and I think uh having that awareness, uh knowing knowing what can go on as you just said it best. Uh Western medicine is yep. definitely way more I mean, it's it's like everything in Western culture. It's yeah. it's trying to make more money. So you know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah, yeah, there's more money in into this and that. Mm-hmm. It's way more money in it's less money in the actual prevention. Yeah, it's way more right. money in curing something, quote unquote, or really yeah. kind of keeping you along to stay, keep you on meds or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's how it becomes an industry. Like, I mean, well, I remember when uh, what's that stuff called where people take it when they get on an airplane and they're like, "Oh, this is airborne. preventative." I like I don't like airborne because it's it's connected to what we're talking about. What but I like the content text of it that it's supposed to be proactive. Mm-hmm. And if we can get into more of a like you're saying. Preventative. Preventative, doing things that can prevent where there's not just diet, but understanding the things we can do along with the water and the dieting and Mm -hmm. the exercising Mm -hmm. and the love we give, blah, blah, blah. But things that we can do from a a herbal perspective that is more preventative or whatever type of perspective Mm -hmm. that gets us more preventative, you know what I mean? And not chasing stuff after it happens. Or just a lifestyle. Because, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, sugar is so dangerous. To yeah. your body, your brain, mm-hmm. yeah. or you know what I'm saying, and and <clears throat> the thing is, there's so many hidden sugars. So like, there's right. the sugar that like you just use, right? Like, so is this, if you just like put sugar on your stuff, but then like every a lot of things that we eat just like breaks down into sugar. Like rice turns to sugar, like potatoes turns to sugar, pasta turns to sugar. So that's why looking at like. The alternatives and then just the extra sugars that are in all types of packaged foods. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, basically, the most important thing, though, is to get as many live foods into your body. So, that means, like, mm-hmm. dark leafy greens and raw foods and juices and a lot of bitters. You know, like, bitter things mm-hmm. are better Dandelion. for you. And, yeah, just, you know, just the the more that we can get of those types of things into our body and just, like, balance it out as opposed to just... Constantly eating foods that are, I would call white foods, like potatoes and starches and rice and things like that. Those all turn into sugars as well. So, you know, those are things to think about, especially if you have like diabetes and and these types of things. You know what I'm saying? It's like all the hidden sugars that kind of add up. You know what I'm saying? And after a while, your body will give out, 
You know what I'm saying? Like after a while, your body just gives out. It can't produce, you know, what it needs to produce in order to fight against a lot of these things. So that's why it's important to get a lot of live foods because that keeps your system alive and stronger for a lot longer. You know what I'm saying? But in in that, because Lord knows, I'm definitely not the cleanest eater at all. People know that. But in that, in, in making... In prepping, you just have to take those steps, I believe. Like, I, I would strongly say, like, anything, you know, it's hard to go cold turkey. It's not, oh, like, yeah. if you're eating chili cheese fries every day, you're not about to switch to kale salads. This is true. You know, so knowing how to transfer, uh, knowing yeah. where to buy. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, I I get a lot of vegetables from Randazzles, and then it's like, you know, if you've been buying fruits and vegetables from the average grocery store, you know, you may be able to put them in your vegetable tray and they'll last like, you know, 10 days. Mm-hmm. Then you get real live fruits and mm-hmm. it's like, damn, this stuff go bad in a day. Right. So you yeah. have to you have to plan and in, in, in planning accordingly, plan and cook, mm-hmm. uh, know how to freeze things if you're going to do something like that. This is uh, true. It, it, so much of this happens where, you know, reach out and learn, you know, go, in the, go to Piper's Kitchen. Uh, ask, <laughs> ask a couple people because you're not it it's going to be a little bit more difficult. The good thing is the internet does provide more information, yeah. but you can reach out to people because uh life more natural lifestyles cause for you to have to shop and eat uh yeah. eat locally mm-hmm. uh and 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 find where that is because you can't just order this stuff through Amazon. You have no. to know where to go, yeah. uh, know how to pick, uh, and and as you know how to pick, even eating seasonally. So you yeah. can't just be like, oh man, I like I'm just eat like watermelon all year. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you, you know that, that that vegetable or that fruit is not grown all year or yeah. where it's going to be shipped from if yeah. it is grown there mm-hmm. it's not going to be as healthy as what's in season right. for uh, the region where right. you're from. Yeah. So having an understanding of things like this uh, there are a lot of herbs out there as mm-hmm. uh, as I struggle with uh, actually type 2 I'm far away that's a good thing but uh, hypertension and, mm. and they say that you know so it's a lot of non-salt stuff out here like this is a place I go to get a lot of my spices and herbs uh, Rockies mm-hmm. and in the Eastern, in the Eastern Market, market yeah. they have like a whole like non-salt section mm-hmm. because even a lot of the spices are just yeah, naturally yeah. filled with a lot of salts or sugars. Mm-hmm. So you can go there and you can get that there. And then another thing I've learned from my grandma is I make a lot of stocks. So like a yep. stock would be that like you cook uh, your green, well, like, you know, in greens, it'd be like pot liquor. But mm-hmm. like whenever I do cook like my chicken or if I cook whatever, I'm not throwing anything away. So I keep my stocks. Mm-hmm. I keep those stocks as like marinades or mixes yep. for when I do make vegetables. And then people are like, damn, these greens is good. And it's like, yeah, because that's like five generations of greens right there with right. greens and onions and carrots. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's just greens, but the greens are stewing on top mm-hmm. of stew on top of stew that is getting down right. to like some good, good vegetables. So strong, yeah. Another strong thing I suggest, which all of this is, you know, depending upon where you at in your budget, you got to build up, but make sure you got good cooking tools, having good yeah. pots, those old school pots. And um, cast iron. Well, the thing is for men, iron... Is not good because mm-hmm. uh, having too much iron is not good for mm-hmm. men. That can kill you. But for mm-hmm. women, because we, well, many of us bleed every month, um, iron, we're iron deficient. So having cast iron 
um, pots and pans and frying pans is a great way to get iron Very into your body. Yeah. Well, working with the right <clears throat> materials can it can add to what you're gonna make in the kitchen. But mm-hmm. all of this makes and take not away using from your Teflon. Flow. Stay away from Teflon. Teflon is poison. Um, there's lots of studies that Teflon is causing a lot of these carcinogens and mm. and poisons. So stay away from I Teflon. I can I believe think that. I got yeah. one that I need to throw out. So, but yeah, if you if the you, nonstick, don't use the nonstick. Um, whatever that material is that they're using for like nonstick, the, that's uh, causing that? um, a lot of cancer. Uh, damn, what is that? That's and uh, killing people. I forget what that is. Yeah, whatever it is, the material for nonstick. Don't use nonstick. I haven't used it in forever. I got uh, what's that? I got one of those griddles with one of those, but it's like I haven't used my griddle in forever. A griddle. It seemed like I was gonna use that like ever, but I was like, I ain't using that griddle. You gotta get. Okay, that's what we gotta get, Kari. For, for yeah, for Kwanzaa, a good a good griddle, <laughs> a good I got griddle a, I, that that's, that's that won't kill me. Yeah, a non carcinogen. Yeah, <laughs> actually, isn't that what the uh, the foreman? Isn't that a griddle? The uh, no, no, no. That's nah. a grill. Like the grill oh, okay. is basically like uh, just like you know, the ridge pan. No, yeah. no, no, no. no. This is like for pancakes or oh, the thing that opens and closes down. No, nah, it just no. it's just open. You know, it's like a it's like a slate, like what the like a like the grill top oh. would be at a coney, like where you can yeah, put the pancakes and yeah, hash yeah. browns. Oh, okay, okay. Like coney cook. Yeah. Okay, so let me find, let me go on my little because I got one of them kind of cool <laughs> vegan shopping things. A I'm gonna get that's a what I'm gonna get you for Kwanzaa. A vegan griddle. <laughs> yeah, vegan I am. Griddle. So you can get your vegetables <laughs> right. Well, I got like I got I got I got to nip some habits in the bud because like this year has been a year. And like my, I'm typically with my eating habits. I'm sixty forty, like sixty percent where it's plant. Like it's I can I can trace everything I'm eating, and then the forty percent is just me, just like horrible. And right now it's not looking good at all. Just because mm-hmm. when I when I I really am start. I used to think it, but now like I'm noticing like when I'm stressing, mm-hmm. I eat I I I eat horrible. Stress eat, and I have to nip that in the bud because where like, do you think that's coming from? I'm trying to trace the emotions. that. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not a. I am an emotional person, but I'm not an emotional person. Like it's just like you're human, so it's okay to have emotions. Like, I'm like, <laughs> what I mean is, it's like I guess the non, like with the the grieving in the morning. And mm. I think I'm like uh, eating through it. Mm. So you I'm might need some it. sugar. You might need some sugar. So I would try maybe like doing some um, smoothies, like with strawberries and mangoes and. Mm. Pineapples and stuff like that in the morning, like jumpstart your, jumpstart your morning with like sugar, like but healthy sugar like that, and that will probably curb some of that. Yeah, that yeah. emotional psychological I gotta, stuff. I, gotta, yeah. I say try it. I no, try you're it. right. I need to just dive in because my routine is all it needs to get back. It is. It's on the way of getting back right, but but mm-hmm. but that takes you know it takes yeah. presence of mind and it takes energy and time even for mm-hmm. that. Like I say, because mm-hmm. you have to you have to think out to meal prep like. Yep. I used you to can't, do it. You can't just, you know, let's yeah, put it like this. You the, have to meal the, prep. The shit foods are way readily available. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. McDonald's is, is 24 the hours. The $1 you know uh, like, meal the, deal. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you, you, can, you can reach out and touch a bag of hot Cheetos. You know, you know what I'm saying? I used to be. You I will not to... be able to, like, to make... To make some of the plant-based foods have the flavor and the taste that you yeah. want it to take, it's going to take a little bit more time. It's going to take some time. To, to make a salad dressing 
which which tastes good, you're gonna have to experiment and play around with some yeah. different oil bases. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you know, it, it when you finally hit it, it's like, damn, that was on point. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. you're gonna have to be in the kitchen and know that cooking like, in yes, the kitchen. Cooking yeah. in the kitchen. You will have to be <laughs> yes. You will have to be like the good homie Quavo. Right. <laughs> no, right, you know. Whipping like a stir fry. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause even some a lot of the um a lot of that, because I think a lot of it, uh, as as even Baba Malik Yakini or whatever, uh, rest in peace, Kadiri, too. Um, oh, but, um, rest in peace to our brother Kadiri, Sanefara. But, uh, but uh, you know, like like a lot of the recipes and a lot of the, the, the foods aren't aren't based for the taste buds of black folks. So, you know, if you like yeah. that flavor, you you're going to have to, yeah. you know, you're yeah, going to have to find the peppers. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do your own thing and figure out what fits. You know, yeah, this is true, but you know, uh, maybe that's like a community thing we we could do here. Detroit is different. Like, have some community cooking. Yo, if they did, yeah, if 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 people made like that's what's needed, like a good a good plant based salad dressing. Mm-hmm. That's on point. Like a a, a line the of citrus, those. Lime, yeah, people yeah. would be like oil. some spicy ones. Yeah, uh, people would be getting down on that. Like, yes. Okay, I got I a bunch. I can take some kale. That's what I need to do. Okay. I got then, a bunch oh, yeah, of those. Oh, yeah, yeah. If Piper, Piper's salad dressing, I got I'm a trying bunch. to cop that. You can yeah. throw that in, okay. a, uh, in some mason th- jars and I'm buying. I am. And I'm going to throw, I'm going to slap the Detroit is different label on that joint. I'm with, <laughs> hey, hey, you think I'm joking. I, I want, yeah, like what she said, I don't want any of the citrus stuff. I want like all, all like spicy and like, um, with some flaxseed oil or some all of whatever whatever like peppers, mm-hmm. uh, garlics, yeah, uh, some spices that uh yeah. spice up your life. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then you can you can do the uh, the citrus stuff too. You know, try because yeah, you probably definitely have like a mix of like what's what's one of your favorite salad dressings you make? Um, well, I make one. I like um, what's like wasabi. So I make one that's like a sesame and wasabi, and is um. What do you do? You use uh? What do you use? What oil do you use as the base, sir? Um, I'm like a, a super olive oil person, but sometimes mm-hmm. I use flaxseed oil. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm a believer in like moving things out your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe that. You know what I'm saying? I believe that it's important to like keep that cycle going mm-hmm. so that um you know to stay regular. clean. Yeah, that's stay another regular. big thing. Regulation. Being regular. Matters <laughs> as you get older. Be regular. Be regular. Yeah. So yeah. You know, don't don't try to be too regular, like especially like on the road. But oh, still, no. you, you rather be regular than irregular. Yeah. Because yeah. you will hit a wall. Yeah. And and it's important. So I like I like a lot of cayenne. I put cayenne Love in cayenne. almost everything. Um, Do you use grapeseed oil ever as a base? Um, sometimes, I, I, use, I sometimes, sometimes. I use gra- I like I like a heavier oil because it goes a long way, like an avocado oil, flaxseed oil, mm-hmm. grapeseed. I like to fry in because it's thinner. Mm-hmm. Some people are are against it, but I I, I think it's still good to fry with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I I use a little bit of everything. Like you know, I like I like sesame. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm a big I'm a big peanut person like but I don't mm-hmm. I don't have allergies not gonna work like I don't have any allergies mm-hmm. so I like nuts I like cashews I like peanuts I like you know almonds so I like to mix a lot of nuts with oh, my man. stuff mm-hmm. but if I cook for other people yeah, I don't I, I don't these, put nuts and things I need these Piper dressing, salad dressings yeah. all day I experiment a lot I put a lot of like like I might make a like I make a nice peanut sauce that I might turn into a salad dressing if I put extra like if I'm putting it on my 
um, noodles. Like I make like glass noodles. Mm -hmm. And so I make it a little thicker if I'm doing that because then I might, you know what I'm saying, want to want to have that be like a little bit like a like a mm -hmm. thicker type of sauce but if I'm using it for like a salad then what I'm doing is like you know adding a little bit more oil base to it mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so it could be a little bit thinner so but um I still like to have I need a lot of texture to mm -hmm. my foods so I need to have like different textures going on and different colors like I need mm -hmm. different flavors different colors different textures and another thing that I've learned sound like the Piper cookbook be off the chain we should, right? For Detroit is different. We yeah, should do that. Yeah. yeah, like another thing I like to do is um like for my salads, especially kale, is that um and so cause kale, when you have it raw, it can be kind of um coarse. Hey, you got like to eat. So what I do is um I rinse it in hot water. And so that way it doesn't cook it, cook it, but it like kind of it cooks it down a little bit. So mm. instead of washing it in cold water, I wash it. In hot water, mm -hmm. and so that washes it down, and but it doesn't, but it's not like cooking it over heat per se, but it's still heat. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because it's hot water, and then it, then then what I do is um, if a lot of times with my raw foods, um, they're mostly raw, but what I do is I rinse them in hot mm -hmm. water, mm -hmm. and what that does is softens them, and it helps to like bring out a lot of that texture, so that when I put them together. They have a, they have like more texture to them, and then when you add the seasonings, the seasonings like go in into mm -hmm. them a little bit. I let them sit like a little bit of time before I eat them. I mix and mix and mix and mix it, and then I, I put a lot of avocados and things. I put a lot of sesame seeds on things. I put um, a lot of peppers and things like different types of peppers. Like I said, mm -hmm. a lot of cayenne, mm -hmm. you know, and things. Mm -hmm. And um, I use like fresh. I use like um, pink Himalayan sea salt. Um, if I use salt, a lot mm -hmm. of times I really don't. But if I sometimes you kind of need it a little bit, especially mm -hmm. if you you know cooking with kale, mm -hmm. that can be a little bit bitter. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, I use a lot of lime. Mm -hmm. um, so these are things that I use. Like I said, I grind up a lot of peanut chilies. You know, um, so I like you know like I said, I like a lot of textures. I might throw some sprouts on top. You Sounds know what I'm good. saying? So <laughs> I just like to you know mix it up. You know, um, and 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 just in spinach, I might have like spinach, broccoli, and kale, like mm -hmm. all in one, all in one plate. You know what I'm saying? And then um, I use like rice noodles, or I make like zucchini noodles, mm. or um, make like carrot noodles. So like instead of using like pasta mm -hmm. or uh, or rice or um, or potato, I like to use a vegetable in its place, you mm. know, like a squash or like a pumpkin or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I get more vegetables. I just think like get as much vegetables and colors as you can into your meals. Like Kari said, especially eating macrobiotic, which means like in the season of the land. Mm. And um, the, the, the more that you do that, then the healthier you'll be. But like if you just have to have some French fries... Like, don't tell yourself that you're, like, horrible because you went off and had, like, a French fry. But, you know what I'm saying? At the same time, don't expect to be at optimal health if you're just sitting around here eating French fries right. and fried food. Like, I don't even eat fried food if I can help it. If you see me eating, like, some French fries, it might be, like, every blue moon. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I just went to San Antonio. I wanted to—I met some really cool people people mm -hmm. and I wanted to kick it with them and the only thing that was open was this burger joint mm -hmm. and it was nothing in there for me to eat literally. That sounds right. So I just about right. ate some french fries yeah. with some hot sauce because I didn't want to mm -hmm. be 
they're like, I'm vegan and I don't eat, you know. So yeah. I wanted to be, you know, like like community. So we had we shared yeah. some community fries. And I don't think I'm going to go to hell for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I eat, mm-hmm. for the most part, pretty well. I don't really eat after 8 o'clock. It was like the only time that I nibbled a little bit mm-hmm. in like a long time. So I'm not going to beat myself up about it. You know what I'm saying? So for the most part, if you do the best you can, when you do like go off, just make sure that it's not like like normal. Make sure like that's like abnormal. And like, you know, make sure that like you're 60, 40 isn't flipped where like eating 60% french fries. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would say start where you are is uh, right. Start where you are is these past 2 years it's like almost like I gained back all the weight that I lost and everything, but in losing weight it wasn't like necessarily like a weight loss journey, but you just know, you know when you feel heavier, you know mm. when you aren't as healthy. Mm-hmm. Um and now it's like, man, you losing weight again. But it's like, yeah, I'm back. I got, I got my time back. Mm-hmm. Um, business and juggling a lot of things with business, like you know, I eat like shit if I'm busier because mm-hmm. that's going to be one of the first things that you really don't, you know, you don't. I, I never put that presence of mind into it as much because mm-hmm. really, when I was at my optimum health, I was spending probably three hours a day. Figuring out what, and that's like meal prep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, making sure that it's seasoned correctly mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, buying groceries if needed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like anywhere between an hour and three hours a day, mm-hmm. making sure. But uh, as time, you know, when I was like, man, where can I get an hour here or an hour there? Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I can just get an hour here because I'll just go to the place over here and it's a little mm-hmm. bit healthier. And then you start buying out, then you start buying out another day and then mm-hmm. now you done looked up and you end up, you know, where you, 90-10, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, I would say uh, just know where you are, know where you're mm-hmm. at. I like running, but that's something that I like doing as far as like for cardio. I like mm-hmm. running and jogging. You, you may not necessarily like it. I think cardio plays a big, a huge role. role in my life as far as like when they say like, man, your heart rate is good and you're you're far away from this and mm-hmm. you're far away from that. So that's what I like doing. And like you say, drinking a lot of water. Mm-hmm. I was shocked and surprised. My grandma put me up on a lot of game of this. I had no idea how much water we're supposed to be drinking. Like mm-hmm. we're supposed to be damn near drinking uh, the amount of ounces half your body weight. So it's yeah. like, damn, that's a lot of damn water a day. Yeah. It's like, yes, a day. And but we, if if we were in our natural environment, we literally just be doing that. But part of, <laughs> but part of it, you, that would be our day, right? Water, Going to drink water. When you drink more day. water, mm-hmm. it's going to also curve a lot of like, uh, yeah. it curves a lot of my appetite cravings because it does. a lot of the times when you thinking that you're hungry, you're really just Dehydrated. needing water. Yeah. You know, but if you're not drinking as much water, mm-hmm. you, you're not even really going to have the room. If you're drinking the amount of water you're supposed to drink, mm-hmm. you're not going to have a room to be smashing no. too hot and ready. You know what I'm saying? No, it's true. Because <laughs> you're drinking so much water. And your brain gets regulated when you drink more water. Like, you know, uh, a lot of our depression and things like that is from chemical imbalances that's in our body. Yeah. Not only from us, what we are eating or not eating, but from us not drinking enough water. Yeah. yeah. You know so, like, I mean? you really, like, I used to look at some of those uh, old school dudes, definitely healthy, like, where mm-hmm. they have, like, the two big jug gallons of water. Like, yeah, Damn, dude, you drinking like that? And it's yeah. like, yes. Yes. Remember on the yes. basketball court? Yes. Well, y'all don't know about this. Back in the 70s, dudes would be out there. I mean, Definitely later in the know. 80s, they had like 
Gatorade, but we didn't have. I grew up. Dudes didn't first have Gatorade on the basketball and, uh, court. It was like oh, it was, was all wild. But well, no, this this was like the seventies. <laughs> they would have big. They would have big 40s, water cooler. Fucking Schlitz. And everybody would be drinking you drinking water. But this was the seventies. Killing you at twenty. Car, you talking about? He got game. Denzel Walker. No, no, away. Piper knows because Piper. The forties is Piper generation too. No, that's what I'm saying. That remind me of he got game when Denzel. He was coaching the son. It was dudes. It was dudes that would drink like five forties a day. You'd be like, dude, right? How are you drinking this much of anything? Yeah, that's what I was thinking then. But yeah, you're supposed to drink about. That much, that of much water. water, yeah. You know what I'm saying, but that much malt liquor, you know Ooh. what I'm saying. And a lot Gross. of them dudes, as we think about some of your counterparts, mm-hmm. are not looking in the best of health right now. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is um, my generation, the hip hop generation, is also the liquor generation. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying. As much weed as everybody was smoking, people were really drinking to the point mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, everybody's going to like three, four VIP you know, excursions per night and everyone is like popping bottles. Everyone, well, a lot of them are like smoking weed in those cigarellos, which is terrible for your lungs. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, just like that much liquor, you know what I'm saying? Like per day is, is like, it's just my, like, I don't drink. Like when I was younger, like in my, what, early twenties, like, I used mm. to be at the club, but even then, I never was really like a drinker. Like I never liked liquor. I've, I'm not saying like I've never been drunk before. I had been drunk, but like in my early 20s, like one, like a couple times. But um, just for me personally, I just saw the turmoil that liquor put on a person's body, and I was like, yeah, like I don't want my body to take that trajectory. And I look at the people now that's my age that was doing all that drinking and still do a lot of that drinking. And it's like, wow, that if if folks would just back up off a lot of that liquor and replace some of that with water, you know what I'm saying? Like well, folks' me, health would improve. Well, let me speak as a drinker. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not like, you know, neighborhood drunk per se. But, uh, <laughs> the, the neighborhood um, drunk. The, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the nightlife and... In bar life mm-hmm. in hip hop, especially, but in a lot of in a lot of forms of entertainment, period, oh, yeah, that we yeah. know they go hand in hand. Even like hand the speakeasy and everything. Yep. Uh, tomorrow I'll be doing the show with Thornetta. People listen to this after because this is a Thanksgiving day. So it's funny we talking so much about what you eating and everything. Because mm-hmm. even with Thanksgiving, you got to think about that moderation and how much water you drinking that day. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but uh, the the way that I look at it is. You know you're drinking this this may sound graphic. You can look at and I'm I mean really it's examined and mm-hmm. as you as you start doing caretaking for older people, but you can look at your uh stool mm-hmm. <laughs> A to see your to examine your health. And you can also look at your urine to yeah, examine to see your the health. Color. If your urine <laughs> is mm-hmm. if it's like you a, know, an orange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dark, dark yellow. You are you you, you are need some drinking water. way too much. Yeah. And and liquor does two things. Mm. First off, it's a lot of sugar in liquor. It's mm, basically nothing this is but true. sugar. This is true. And it's it also naturally, I mean, this is like science one on one. It dehydrates you naturally. It does. So when you're drinking 
and you're not drinking water, mm. uh, it, a lot of things are going on. Now, yeah. making these decisions, uh, I think I'm better at it now because, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll go to a place and I'll know, like, with the event I'm doing tomorrow, mm-hmm. people see you and it's like, hey, you know, it's the holidays. Yeah. And I can already tell you, just with the people that told me they're coming, it's about 10 people that want to buy me a drink. Oh, my God. You know, so with those 10 people. Tell and to it's, buy you it's some something alkaline like, water. It's something that, well, <laughs> alkaline water is not being sold at venues that are uh, producing entertainment shows. They should you know be. They could get money off that. Well, no, I don't necessarily know kidding. if the I don't audience, believe in that. you know what I'm saying? I don't saying? believe but in that. I, you don't but, believe it. What, what, but it's a way. Water. It's a it's a way to to navigate, and uh, with that navigating, you can you know I started introducing like, hey, it, instead of my drink, buy them a drink. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, it, you know, you, get them you, drunk. You get better. No, not like <laughs> get them I'm drunk, but I'm buy kidding, them Kari. one. You know what yeah. I'm saying. So you you have to be cognizant because just in the in the entertainment, um, you know, no nobody's peer pressuring you, but it's kind of like you and the French fries. You know, having yeah. certain business meetings and everything, uh, it, it takes place in nightlife venues yeah. where alcohol is present, and yeah. if people are aware, yeah. you know, it can be seen as I don't want to say like a diss, but it can be seen yeah. as like you're it's not being antisocial. As, yeah, you're being antisocial, mm-hmm. and um, you have to be aware of this in this industry. Now, all of that, you know, just taking it, uh, taking it slow and then knowing, uh, and then knowing how to order and what you're drinking, like, you know, and, uh, and then being aware, I think that drinking, um, I don't want to say top shelf, but just knowing the content of what's in it and how those liquors are distilled. If you have Mm -hmm. a better awareness of the liquors that you are drinking, because poorly distilled liquors will have... Will will give you more challenges you when headaches. you wake up. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So, um, so all of this plays a role. Don't drink every day. You know. Um, yeah. You should definitely be spreading it out. You know, yeah. spreading it out. What about red wine, Kari? I think that there are some benefits in wines. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even with wine, you know what I mean. You you, you know if you taking uh, Boone's Farm. If they, yeah, if you taking that Boone's Farm, <laughs> that if you taking that Sutter home to the head every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's be like, yo, well, this open my heart. It's like, yo. You, I mean, you uh, you may be past the point where you can, like, stop yourself and it becomes a self-control thing. But mm. you people, I will talk for myself. Like, I know when I'm passing the line of moderation. Yeah, and and that's and that's about everybody using discretion, but mm-hmm. a lot of water. This goes back to drink a lot of water. If you mm-hmm. plan on drinking any alcohol, you know how mm-hmm. people say you got to have something on your stomach. The number yeah. one thing you need on your stomach is, is water. 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 It's yep. water. That's drink real. a lot of water. It's for every drink. And I would say for every too, drink you have, <clears throat> yeah. I think you probably should have four glasses of water. Yeah, that and, makes sense. Yeah, and I would say like back to what you were talking about too about um, the social aspect. It's interesting because, like, I have been, like, not drinking for 20-something years. And yeah. being in the industry, you know, it, it is seen as, like, a diss or, like, you, oh, you well. You already know. You yeah. know. I don't smoke <clears throat> weed. And I know it's a lot of circles I don't get into. Yeah. Because I'm the guy weed. that doesn't smoke weed. Yeah, because it's seen as, like, mm, you're not one of us. But yeah. And it's interesting, yeah. too, because, like, uh, I remember I had my 35th birthday party at the Pink Flamingo, one of these really popular promoters gave it to me. This was in New York City. Uh-huh. Really, really, really exclusive club. Um, I have pictures of it on the internet. It was my 35th birthday. It was a really, really popular place. Like, um, I had my birthday party. The Yankees 
had a party like right next to me, like inside mm. of the booth. That's wow. cool. Carmen, <laughs> Carmen Electra was there. Wow, you was hanging with Derek Jeter and Carmen Electra. Not me. That's I'm something. saying they was in the booth next to me. <laughs> okay, and, and with Carmen Electra, and then like that's sweet. By me, by me having all my model friends, like my booth was full of models. Uh-huh. On these, you know. So it was probably full of Yankees too. It was, it was the Yankees <laughs> was coming over there. Like who? What's going on? What, what's going hey. on? And um, like, happy I remember uh, happy the princess of Dubai. Wow. Came to my party. Mm. She was friends with one of my model friends, okay. and, and she was like, "Oh, I want you to meet my friend." And she told me she was a princess in Dubai. She was uh. dating most deaf at the time. Okay, and I guess she was trying to be a rapper. I know okay. all of that's very interesting, mm-hmm. but um, it was funny. So like, she was she was at my booth, and <clears throat> I mean, every, you know, people like everybody was buying me drinks. It was bottle, 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 bottle. All the Yankees were like buying us bottles. Like Carmen Electric came over and was mm-hmm. like dancing on our table and stuff. And yeah. it was just really interesting. But it's that that culture, like we said. It was that culture, and, and I didn't and drink a drink. I didn't it, drink one there. drink. Yeah. I was just giving away bottles. But that's a that's a classic. Away that's a classic you know what example. I'm that's a classic example. Shouts out to yeah. Eve. She was the DJ. Okay. What? Cool. That was that was when that song. Remember that that Fifty Cent song? It's your birthday. That was when yeah. it first came Go. out. And uh, I can't they, that. They, they, they played that song. I can't song. believe you didn't name that In The Club, but I got you. Well, is it called In The Club? Bro, well, I, I don't mean, know the these club. songs. But, uh, yo, Piper. so, so uh, you know, I don't I be knowing these songs. was a moment in everybody's life. It was, but it, uh, it was it was cool because, like, Eve told me happy birthday. And it was funny because, like, everybody was like, how do you know Carmen Electra and Eve and the Yankees? And I was like, I don't. Hilarious. <laughs> but, but it was cool, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But everybody was having a great time. It was that when they when yeah. they first started putting sparklers inside of cakes mm. and bringing you bottles with, with, the the sparkler. with the sparkler. So and when super it, special. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, everybody was everywhere. It was just awesome. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, my friend let me borrow her jewelry from India, mm-hmm. and so I had this like headpiece on, and it was cool. really super cool. And but it was like, yeah, like I was the only—I think I was the only one there sober. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I was cold sober, just dancing and having a great time. <laughs> yeah, and, and the experience can be the experience Hi. can be a good experience while sober, but mm-hmm. also I, I don't. Um, even though alcoholism has been present in my family uh, and it can last a, a long time, uh, drinking, I mean, alcohol is a depressant as well. It so, is a depressant. Uh, being that it can cause, you know, it can stir up a lot of uh, a lot of other interactions mm-hmm. as we've seen it in, in this, especially in this industry. Oh, you know, especially the, in the industry. The, indr- the, drunken, the drunken rage, the, yep. the drunken annoyance, the drunken mm-hmm. obnoxiousness. Uh, or just the drunken behavior of yeah. like carrying out the drunk person is throwing up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, so having that understanding uh, of knowing where your limit is, being smart, um, uh, it will be present. As I think that most of the nightlife venues across the world are tied to alcohol. Yeah, uh, and, and I have, and, I, and and let me not be like, oh, I'm so holier than now. I have been. That person, I remember I was what, I was a freshman maybe, and they used to have this party. Um, And in hindsight, why would they have like this type of party on college, which is like what they have on all college campuses. Like I went to Howard, shouts out to DC, Howard University. But they had this party that was like, it was on campus or not far from campus. And it was like in like what happy hour. Yeah. And it was like for the kids. Yeah. Which is, which is like. 
Uh, in hindsight, as an adult, I'm like, why would you have but, happy hour for you know, kids? Two dollar Tuesdays is definitely for the person that uh, has less money. And it was like, <laughs> it was like they gave you a big ass cup. You know those cups they give you when you go to a yeah, basketball the, game? Yeah, the plastic. They cups, give you a big yeah. old cup like that, and you can get bottom shelf liquor. Bottom yeah. shelf liquor mixed and, together. Yeah, yeah mixed and lit, it was like a free. Lit, yeah. You could get a free. Um, what's that thing called? Long Island. Or a free whiskey sour. And I think I had like nine whiskey sours or something Ooh, like that's that. How and uh I how I must have been like eighteen. That's how I think that's I was like I eighteen. And I had like nine whiskey sours. <laughs> and only thing I remember is I was standing outside the club like throwing up as people was coming yeah. in. And that's and that, that, that happens. <laughs> but when I you had do good that. friends. That's, they took me mm, home. Yeah. They, I mean to my dorm. Shout out to the good friends. And they, they put me in a bathtub. And put yeah. me to sleep and didn't didn't touch me or anything like that. But and that's that, when I was a kid. And but that that yeah, that wasn't you fun. Know, that's nothing that you want to continually <laughs> have happen and, ever. And when you with drinking, that ends up happening. So mm-hmm. having that understanding, but you know, as as that depression, it's other people drinking because they seriously are going through different forms of stress. Yeah, you know, uh, and even recognizing that sometimes in the nightlife of the hip hop industry can mm-hmm. be difficult. Uh, and I guess for me personally, like being in the industry and just seeing how people would get get taken advantage of, like because they were drinking or because mm-hmm. they were on drugs. And and also because I just didn't want any of those substances in my body. Like being in the industry, it was to my advantage to be sober like yeah. all the time. So I but was that it, person it, that it, was it, usually sober, you yeah. know what I'm saying, and aware like for, you know, I, I think what like, mo- like most of my career, you know what I'm saying, at least from the time I was probably like 22, 23, you know what I'm saying, that's how long I've been what you would call like a sober but, soberish, you know what I'm and, saying? And person. it does, and with that, I, like I always say, mm-hmm. it will limit some of the access because it's that room that people go yeah. into where the cocaine is out. Oh, yeah. It's the room you go into where you don't even know what pill they taking. Like right. some of those substances is like, yeah, being around a person that's completely straight-laced and mm-hmm. sober is hard to, you know, it'd be like, uh, it'd be like they somebody feel taking Yeah, they think that you're looking at them. It'd be sorry, like, sorry. yeah, it, Nobody would take you to the Golden Corral. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because they'd be like, "Yo, I'm about to, I'm about to smash this." Or you can eat prime rib, and Piper right. gonna be looking at me like, "You were poisoning yourself, brother." Right. You this know. So, so like uh, that, that will, in some of the camaraderie that does exist, yeah, is, it limits in, it. Is in those circles, but on the same time, uh, like I tell a lot of the young guys. Uh, that I interact with when it comes to hip hop. And I would tell a young woman this, especially a young woman, but if you're known as the person with good weed, it's not like you're, I don't think that the artist is not respecting you as like a, a talented person to do business with generally. Right. I think they just look at you as the guy with that the has good, good weed. weed. Yeah. Now, there are stories like, I mean, everybody says 2 Chains was like the best weed dealer in, in Atlanta and that's mm-hmm. how he got access to everybody. So there are exceptions to every rule. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I would say you want to do business from a business capacity in this world. Even, yeah. even the nightlife scene itself being there sometimes being on the scene may not necessarily be the best place to to do business it's yeah. best to do business in the uh, daytime in the daytime <laughs> well really 
talk with money. I, that's yeah. what I've always found. Like, yeah. talk with money. You know, book these people to do a show with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, find out how to do it like that. And yep. and doing business like that will work well. And mm-hmm. if you can't book uh, a show with them, then book uh, something with them. Like, mm-hmm. you should uh, really go out and just build your own fan base and, and do your own thing. Yeah. And speaking of uh, building your own fan base and doing your own thing, you know, a lot of times with uh, just in, like while we're talking about health and like holisticness, mm-hmm. a lot of times artists think like they got to do certain things to do certain things. But for the most part, if you hold your own and you have your own principles, like you'll go really far. Okay. You now are you saying? referring to like drugs, sex? Everything uh, and oh, anything. Okay. So like in anything, because like I, I say like even for myself, I've been in those rooms when people pull out the cocaine and you know what I'm saying? Sometimes people will be like, okay, we're going to do business with you. Sometimes they'd be like, we won't. But for me, um, it was more about, okay, I'm not about to do none of the Like this isn't who I am. Mm-hmm. And so if if I'm about to lose, quote unquote, lose out on some business because I'm not going to do some cocaine, then I'm going to lose out on this business. But if, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If, uh, if, if you guys still want to do business with me and you know I'm not about to participate in this, then and this is what you do, then you know what I'm saying? We can still do this mm-hmm. business because you're right. A lot of the people that are in the business per se are into things that, let's say, like myself, I'm, you know, wasn't really into. Yeah. Um, and, and, they, and they do have a level of uncomfortability if that's something they're into and then you're not into it, yeah. then you might not be invited the next time to this exclusive album release or you might not be invited to like this extra VIP. But, but I will say, but it's cool if you, yeah. And that's cool. And I will say that, um, if you also learn how and when to do some business, then a lot of times you could still be in a position to do business. You just don't need to be in the triple double VIP trying to do your business. Like you said, you know on what I'm saying? And, like you don't need to also, be on the scene in that way. And even this too, with with artists, uh, being on the scene, you you stay up late, and yeah. like even on that. And I guess like uh, the a lot of hip hop, especially, caters itself to a younger audience mm-hmm, and demo. So mm-hmm. even the older people in it are kind of in some Peter Panish world of yeah. living out like the younger life, but. Even from like if the you know the, it's cool you're not drinking you're not smoking or, or or sexing but you know it's like all right we gonna go here after that and we gonna go here after right. that and we gonna go here after that you know you hook up with the right people in New York you'll be out every oh, day yeah. till like five in the morning this is true and and if that's not old and well with like even what you gotta do with your own focus in your yeah. own life it's like yo dude I need to be gone yeah. by midnight yeah. and, and when you're that person that leaves at midnight mm-hmm. yes on paper you're gonna quote unquote miss out on a lot mm-hmm. but it's a way to even set yourself up to do that as Sleep is another one of those things that I really do think sleep people is take for granted. And people say like, nah, you know, you really only need four hours of sleep. Nah. nah. Sleep is one of the best things you can do. If it's you healing. have quality sleep, it mm-hmm. will raise so much quality of life in your life. And yeah. Not like a depressing 
You know, which I think that's even a, a yeah, different... not the depressing like sleep for hours and yeah, days. But if you the regenerative really, yes, like yes. healthy because you because you have to go into your REM. You know what I'm saying? Your brain yeah. gets the chance to rest. Your eyes, yeah. your whole system. You yeah. get to go into the dream world and, and your body talk to spirits. Your and body come yourself, back. as they always say, hey, get some rest because really your body is built, as you said, with uh, with anything, mm-hmm. any ailment. Your body is trying to may overcompensate and mm-hmm. trying to fix what is going on. Mm-hmm. But one of the best times when your body is fixing itself is in that room state sleep. of sleep yep. because our mind and our body are so interconnected. Mm-hmm. Sounding like an Eastern philosopher right now. Well. But uh, <laughs> through through a lot of different things, but through sleep is mm-hmm. one of the best times that physically you will rejuvenate yeah. so much. Yep. And now you have a stronger presence of mind to even function. Mm-hmm. And being on the scene, like seriously, especially like some of those cities, not LA, but especially New York, you can easily... You can easily be on the scene in New York and stay out till 5 in the morning every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every day. Yeah. And then get a call like, hey, you want to go to the studio at at noon? Yeah. So it's like, dude, I just... You know, and you hop the train and you just get back to where you're going and you be like on three hours of sleep in in this weird world. And that's why the drugs generally... It's like the upper... Mm-hmm. Is to get up, so yep. I need to. I need. I need a line of coke just so that I can function. Right. And now the downer. I'm yeah. gonna pop this pill so I can. When I walk in the house, I'll mm-hmm. be sleep by. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm popping this pill so that mm-hmm. you know I'm timing it. I can be sleep for them four hours right yeah. there. So yeah. these drugs play a strong role mm-hmm. in this, and and you can really. Get away from this. Uh, mm-hmm. As you've talked about it, Styles P and his juice bar. Mm-hmm. But uh, Styles P talks a little bit about it in his juice bar of of having a stronger and healthier mm-hmm. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because the scene itself is it, boy, boy, it is it can be aggressive. It can be aggressive. Detroit mm-hmm. scene is not as aggressive as New York, obviously. But even you know, some nights in Detroit, some weekends, you know, yeah. you'll hit five spots and it'll be like, yo. Right. And it's becoming more of that because it's becoming more of an entertainment. Yeah. And especially now that Dan Gilbert is investing a lot more into entertainment, a lot of that world is going to be growing, coming here and growing. And you don't have to be on the, yeah, for artists listening and people connected to Mm -hmm. it, you don't have to be everywhere. Plan out where you're going to be. Yeah. You gotta Plan make out these you connections. Gonna be, you're gonna miss. That's how they started doing the day parties and the brunches. <laughs> but now the day, the darties are, are you just said extending. The darties. That's what they. The darties are just extending That's a term. the what lifestyle. Is, so what is a darty? The day, day party. party. The darties. The darties. The darties oh, <laughs> is just extending the yeah. the, the, the turn. Extending it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like out of you know. You still you know, on that Xanax? The, you know me and the uh, <laughs> all of the all of the you know you still on that fentanyl? Yeah. With the with the strip clubs, it's like the day shift is just an extension, right? <laughs> you know, you in this <laughs> distorted, you know, this distorted world, right world of, yeah, of of what even what reality is. You walk mm-hmm. outside and be like, damn. You- Yo, what y'all think about when uh, foreigners that Piper, especially uh, you, be, you just was telling a story about a uh, a Spanish the Spanish community. But what y'all think about the um, the concept of when foreigners say like America is the only place in the world that, that has the kind of we're overworked by by like by default like as soon as you get here you're automatically stressed just because of the way our life is set up here like what do y'all think about that some 
some cultures have that, but I you want I I'll, I'll comment then let you. Mm-hmm. I, I think some cultures look at look at America like that, but I mean we also have to pay attention. Like I always say, the the person from another country that comes to America, what they're looking for, they've already bought into the American dream of capitalism, so they're looking at it from a different lens. Uh, um, and I also think I also think that the the ways and mean of productivity are still think, seeing life through the industrial age. Even that whole model mm. of nine to five is looking at life through the industrial mm-hmm. age. It is certain people that have skill sets in certain people. I think many people have skill sets and are really great at what they do, but they may it may the 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 presence of mind they need I'm speaking to myself, I'm speaking to Piper or whatever, they may need to do seven other things throughout a week and they may only spend 3 hours working on what they really work on, but that 3 hours was amazing as opposed to just you can walk over and see them like it's the industry mm-hmm. and they're there for 40 hours, but they really only give you like two hours of productivity. Mm. Yeah, I would say, um, well, first I have to say, don't say the word foreigners <laughs> Yeah, because uh, it's a, that's offensive. I would say peop- when, um, you know, people that are not from so, these so United my, States. Uh, what would you, you know say? You know what I'm saying? What would you because say? Because when we go, because when we go other places, we're foreigners, right? Yeah, yeah. So I would um, say either immigrants or um, I just I would say just people not from the United States. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, um, just out of respect. But then the second thing is, um, I would say, and then also saying Spanish people because um, Spain was a colonizer. And they colonized folks in Mexico. They colonized folks in Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, like, and they colonized, you know, Africa, you know, and and, and, in the South America, the so-called South America, the Caribbean, you know. So instead of saying Spanish people, I would say, you know, um, either, you know, um, non-English speakers. It's a mix of. It's a mix of so many tribes of what's labeled as, you know. Yeah. It's a mix of so many tribes. But I would say just folks who are, you know, um, you know, indigenous and, you know, of um, like call it Latinx descent, don't like to be called Spanish. I would say that. You know what I'm saying? Like they like a lot of people think it's offensive. Although people do say, but I'm just saying. So there's that. But then um, I would say that. What happens is um, these United States does great marketing to other uh, places about what is offered here. And so by that, what I mean is um, in other places, um, the United States is looked at as a land of milk and honey, the land of all these opportunities, the land of where folks are just, you know, living with gold streets and money and People, I talk, I had a Uber, I had a um, Lyft drive driver, and um, he was um, he was he was uh, telling me he was um, Nigerian, and he was telling me that he was trying to tell his family and things how rough it is mm-hmm. um, here, and they didn't believe him. They didn't believe that in one of the wealthiest nations in the world that there was homeless people. They didn't believe that in one of the wealthiest nations in the world that folks um, were not 
didn't have access to um, educa- basic education. Or health care. Or, or health care. Or um, any any basic food. need food. He he said that he Water. said that people didn't believe him mm-hmm. when he was telling them the levels of poverty that existed here that were the same levels of poverty that exist in other parts of the world. Now they tell us, they teach us that we don't have poverty here like they do in other parts of the world. But I'm gonna tell you as a person that has traveled all over the world, mm-hmm. we have. As much extreme poverty right here in Detroit, in New York City, in Philly, in San Francisco, in Atlanta, in Oakland, in San Antonio. I mean, in these places that I've that that I've been to around these United States and in places that I see here in Detroit, Michigan, we have the same levels of what you would call so-called third world poverty of nations that are in so-called debt to the so-called first world. And, and what I mean is that America is one of the wealthiest nations, but, but the wealth is only held by I mean, this 1% of these people. It's very much like all of the other nations that you go to. It, right. It's, you, you can go to what's labeled as, quote-unquote, some of the poorest countries like you visit the Dominican you know where you go and 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 you know vacation or whatever and and there are schools that are that are for the people that have access and wealth and money and they bring in uh instructors from across the world to teach their children mm-hmm. but most of the children on the island aren't you know they're, they're not getting access to that type of stuff so right. like the caste based system mm-hmm. uh, that is prevalent in what would be known as like um you know uh the 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 quote unquote oh man I'm really going in my civics the tyranny quote unquote that the Americans escaped because they did not want to be ruled under a king right <laughs> is still basically prevalent of today as right. the the access to to wealth is definitely seen as um something that is uh that is that's intergenerational and the 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 concept of upward mobility is a farce but it's sold to us through concepts like you know um through like the propaganda machine of America is stronger than it, it's actually America's strongest weapon Mm, it's that people it believe across the world, and even here, like mm-hmm. even even with people saying, "Yeah, even I know people it's that hard. live in the poverty, yeah, but, even people living yeah, in the freaking yeah. poverty." Oftentimes, like America's like the casino, I think, mm. where everybody walks in and looks at everybody else, like y'all gonna lose y'all money, right? But I'm winning, <laughs> like, right? Like even the poorest people feel like this thing can work out for me. But yeah, the propaganda is yeah. so strong here. That bootstrap. That, they teach you that bootstrap. Because the idea mm-hmm. that upward mobility truly exists, which can be challenged on any ethic. And yeah. I've challenged every economic professor. As you know, I've gone through so many business classes with my degrees and stuff. But I've challenged all economic all economics professors, like even with what I have, me sitting in this studio right here, right mm-hmm, now, having mm-hmm. this conversation, what I have access to, mm-hmm. like this is I'm from I'm from generations of home ownership. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So like this is 
this is my great great grandfather would happen mm-hmm. to be a preacher who owned property. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My grandfather owned mm-hmm. property. My father owned property. Mm-hmm. I own property. Mm-hmm. And when we look around and we look at so many renters that are prevalent in the mm-hmm. black community and you say, hey, what was your great-great-grandfather doing? Right. Renting. Right. His grandfather was renting. Right. His dad was renting. Right. Said guy is renting. Right. So, like, the the the... What I'm privy to and the access that I have, mm-hmm. it's intergenerational even within me. So, like, even those sh- small crumbs of gains, Which is important unquote, to note. It's very, because mm-hmm. you can easily, through the lie of bootstrap mentality and mm-hmm. upper mobility, you can think that, you know, it's easily to think that, like, you know, I did this all. Like, what right. Donald Trump, Donald Trump, like, you know, my dad just gave me a loan. It's, the amount of money his dad loaned him at the turn, of, like, at the beginning of the 70s, if he were just to have put that into savings accounts. Mm-hmm. He would have doubled the amount of money that he's earned over time. Mm. So, so the access to that amount of money and wealth, and mm-hmm. then it becomes exclusionary right. after a certain amount where right. it becomes so much money where you're not even charging that much money because you want to make that much money. You just right. want to exclude who can't come. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's 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 a hundred. $50,000 to come to, um, you know, where we playing golf. It's like, mm-hmm. damn, why is it that much money? It ain't because it costs that much. It's because we don't want to see your poor ass on the right, golf course. Right, I don't you want know? you to have access. And, and that is the same thing. enjoying that what happened I'm enjoying. in these in these nations that mm-hmm. where where poverty is extremely prevalent. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, uh, so much in the news about Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia and what uh, the citizens of Saudi Arabia have had to face for generations mm-hmm. is tough. But there is a um, there are a class of families that have mm. been connected to the uh, that have been connected to the Vessels of oil, and we know mm, oils connected to plastic, wealth. connected to gasoline. Mm-hmm. So the access that they have is extreme wealth, almost to the mm-hmm. point where the only the only planes that flew, like I don't know how many people know this, the only planes that flew on September 11th after, oh yeah, after the oh, yeah. the after the 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 whatever you want to say tragedy conspiracy but we do know that the towers the world trade center towers fell down the only mm-hmm. planes that flew out of out anywhere in america were planes going back to saudi arabia right even though most of the quote unquote hijackers were from saudi arabia right but this is tied because saudi arabia and, and it's listed will give Four hundred fifty billion dollars to quote unquote America, like the, right. the 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 ties of wealth and what goes on with wealth will give access in this nation, and I definitely think that is to the point where poverty is 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 such a strong need for capitalism to work. Yeah, but along with it the real bonus is the fact that uh you know propaganda propaganda and so many people buy into the american mm-hmm, dream mm-hmm. you know it is so many people just coming here like when we think about a lot of the immigrants or people coming to this nation the idea is that i will have access mm-hmm. to the resources to sustain my family because mm-hmm. it's that much abundance of wealth in america and and i and on paper there is an abundance of wealth here, right? But yeah. the way it's distributed, 
<laughs> no. You know what I'm saying? Is yeah. So well, I will say this about that. Um we were gonna come on here and talk about all this activism and stuff, but we'll mm-hmm. have to talk about that another time. This was a great conversation. Um taking it back to the health thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the the main thing we we just came through all this voting. We just came through pushing people, you know, looking at, you know, being self-determined. We just came through, you know what I'm saying, like pushing through, like getting our issues on the table and 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 pushing them forward. Now what we got to do is we got to push these candidates to that that are in place right now to make sure that we have our issues at the forefront so that we can actually live these holistic, healthy lives that we want to live. Mm-hmm. We have to push these candidates for real um, water affordability. We have to push these candidates for, you know what I'm saying, to, to get rid of, to shut down this incinerator. We have to push these candidates, you know what I'm saying, to um, really, you know, have sustainability at the forefront. You know what I'm saying? These policies for sustainability, we have to, you know, uh, push for this 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 prison. For me, I'm for prison abolition, but you know what I'm saying? If we have to start with reform, like we really, you know what I'm saying, have to push so that now that these people are in place, that what we are holding them accountable to is these policies that we have in place so that we can have a better quality of life. Because take it all back, like how we started at the beginning, since we're getting ready to wrap up, is like, We've been on for a minute, but um, this stress that we're under, the stress that we live under causes these, um, you know, these, these, these adverse health conditions, Mm -hmm. Um, the foods that we have access to, just like the air quality, like all these things, you know, contribute to these, to these adverse health Mm. conditions. You understand what I'm saying? And so we, at this point, talking about self-determination, we have an opportunity, like, moving forward to really push because we have put people in place who have at least said that this is what they want to do, right? And so now is the time to really hold their feet to the fire, you know what I'm saying? Next week we'll get next week we'll get a little bit more or the next time that we come together we'll get a little bit more into like how we're, you know, pushing and 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 doing those things, but this has been a great conversation talking about health because um for for us and you know here, you know, we're all about self-determination and health has to be at the forefront you know what I'm saying? Of us being, yeah, you know, you're, b- black and healthy. Like you gotta be, you, you know, you, you gotta be self determined, but you gotta root, be healthy to it's enjoy. The root, it's the root of quality of life, uh, especially mm-hmm. the older you get, and it gets scary. The older I'm getting, because yeah, you see people you know that are like, damn, dude, mm-hmm. man, man, you know what I'm saying? People, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, man, they vegan and they die. Yeah, yeah. Of what? Right. Natural causes. You know, or, or people that, you know, where it just, you know, you'll look at a person, but mm-hmm. looking and, and you're not even in their life, but uh, being very prevalent in, in health is all encompassing also of mental health, you know. Um, yes. Easing from the anxieties, uh, easing from mm-hmm. the depression, easing from the pressures, easing from um, just, you know, embracing around, being around people that... Um, you know, that like and love you and have sincere uh, 
admiration for what mm-hmm. you are and, and what you're doing, like that plays a role as mm-hmm. well where, you know, our minds need to be in a good place mm-hmm. to, you know, take on those physical tasks of being in, you know, dealing with everything we're dealing with as mm-hmm. we know as a people, and I'm talking to black people because I generally yeah, am, yeah. you know, uh, America, though it has been the land of milk and honey for uh, some, mm-hmm. it has historically been a place that has uh, <laughs> been a nightmare right? It has. for us. And I, and I will also say, too, um, something that's really beautiful is like, so like, the bonds that we that we're currently creating so like you opening up this space to people mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like that's really precious and valuable and and something i'm grateful for mm-hmm. like Brittany, you know what i'm saying coming into the fold and just being awesome and amazing and all the people that you're able kari to like be able to bring into the fold you know what i'm saying to be mm-hmm. a part of this thing you know that you're building and um i think like those relationships and like cultivating relationships, checking on people and just like practicing gratitude. Um, a lot of times I know mm. like, like for me growing up black, you know, there's always a tendency to be like, you know, um, well, it ain't this and it ain't that. And it's never good enough. And they got it better across the street, but like really working to like appreciate yourself yes. and those around you and having gratitude yeah. and just, and honoring people and telling them that you appreciate them, telling them that they're awesome, telling them that you're grateful. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like those things can really, you you never know just telling a person, you know what I'm saying, how grateful you are and how honored they are and just giving them some moments of gratitude to just honor them and tell them. You never know how much that could actually change a person just for like a couple of seconds to relieve a little bit of stress off of a person. You never know what people are dealing with. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I agree. And uh, and that, I know a lot of people may be listening on Thanksgiving, so I know you're there. We definitely don't honor, um, I don't even know what the hell to call that, the, the, the murder. Right, the, <laughs> the genocide. Murder. Yeah. But we are honoring being around our loved ones as you probably have time to come together as mm-hmm. family members and share. So, you know, be mindful of what you're eating, but also don't, you know, don't don't throw your aunties and your grandmas under the bus. Give them some love. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, tell them you love them and, and listen. And, mm-hmm. you know, just find out more about yourself. You know, so many people are, I'm, I'm surprised all the people I know that doesn't actually spit in or uh, cut some hair off and sent it uh, for their DNA to be kept. You oh know, so God. much you can find out about yourself by mm-hmm. just asking the elders in your own family, like, hey, mm-hmm. what was I like when I was five? Right. So ask them. Don't go. Do not, don't put your DNA oh my God. on God knows what database. I know. When you got your elders right there in front of you willing to sit and share in times like these mm-hmm. where you can be like, yo, how was I when I was an infant? Mm-hmm. And they will love to tell you because I, you know, as somebody that uh, has lost my mom, you really don't know when or mm-hmm. how. And, um, you know, finding out more Shouts about out who you are. Shouts out to your mom in the yeah. afterlife. Yeah. My OG, you mm-hmm. know, in the physical, you know, I'll never be able to ask. You know, conversations now are at the cemetery or through mm-hmm. prayer. But um, 
but it's so many more things I would want to ask. So mm-hmm. if you do have that relationship and you can't have that time, because I know how moms are, especially black moms, they always doing something. But mm-hmm. if you do have that time, make that time, take that time, find out a little bit more about yourself as an infant and, mm-hmm. and you'll grow up and, 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 and how things are because you know you have a personal, what is that? You have revisionist history of who mm-hmm. you are. That's and your family true. members have the real history, probably, yeah. of who you were. <laughs> well, you got any last words, Kari? That's it. Kick That's it with your it. fam. Kick it with your elders. Find out, like mm-hmm. I said, really ask, like, yo, what was I like when I was four? What right. was I doing? Right. What about you, Brittany? Any last words? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it before we got on air mm-hmm. uh, about the romaine lettuce. And I know we try to get as close to romaine lettuce as possible because it... Provides more nutrients than iceberg, but Michigan is listed as one of the states on CNN.com mm-hmm. as one of the uh, places where people have gotten sick. So Yeah, don't eat the romaine. If you haven't seen that report today, guys. Lay off the romaine uh, mm. in regards to the conversations we've been having about health and mm-hmm. things of that nature. And uh, I love you guys, and thank you. Like I tell you both, this is the best part of my week. I just That's got done cool. telling y'all that I gotta um I gotta get back on my routines and my all from from working out to eating eating right. So this conversation just struck a nerve. So we team you. we team Brittany like ever. Oh my god. Uh, I'm Brittany's so team gonna Brittany. take up the uh Brittany's gonna take up the rear. We Yeah. We aging out eventually. Yeah. You guys are yeah. aging out. You guys are timeless. That's right. Aging Thank out. you. Piper looks be. 10 and Kyrie <laughs> looks 5. Nah, not at all. I can't wait to be in some uh, at some picnic table playing Piper Ring Connect. <laughs> <laughs> that will happen next summer while, at the Detroit uh, is Different Family Picnic. While Brittany's doing all the <laughs> activism and podcasting. Summer? Did you right? say next summer? Oh, my God. Right? Next summer. Playing checkers with Piper every day. And yeah. Brittany's out here doing the activism. Right. <laughs> so okay, so yeah. So speaking of which, um, street checkers. So let me see my last words. Well, I would say, well, I just came back from San Antonio and spending time with indigenous people out there, and that was really timely since the so-called Thanksgiving is coming up. I mean, a lot of us are indigenous, um, and well, I, I think pretty much all of us are indigenous. And uh, just thinking about the genocide that took place then and the genocide that's taking place like right now that we're watching, witnessing and living under. And um, just like Kari said, like spending time with family, um, sometimes that could be painful for some folks. Um, So sending love to folks who, you know what I'm saying, that that this is a painful time. But um, also, you know, just reminding us that, you know, when... When we're with our families, like there are certain things about our families that we could draw from, like draw some lessons from, draw some positivity from. And also, um, like Kari said, like just remembering all the um, folks who, you know, won't have a family to, to, you know, be with, who won't have a meal, who won't have a warm place, you know what I'm saying, who won't have that comfort you know what I'm saying, surrounding them um, at this time and just wanted to send all of those people lots of love. And the people that are going into places like shelters and community centers and things and serving folks, like sending those people, you know what I'm saying, like a lot of love because it takes a lot 
to be in service to other people when people are dealing with things, you know, they may not be the nicest people when they're going through things. So the people that are going in to like show love to folks and serve meals and things like send them lots of patience and lots of love so that they could extend that to other folks that might need it. And um, I'm really hoping that, you know, this year um, somehow we could do a lot better to make sure that folks are warm, that folks have meals, that folks are safe. You know what I'm saying? Um, And also too, um, just really honored and grateful that um, to have the, the, the people in my life at this point that I do have in my life at this point, such as my Detroit is different family. Um, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate y'all a lot. And I appreciate my relatives, the people I'm actually related to. I appreciate my social justice family, my extended social justice family. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to send lots of love to a lot of the um, indigenous folks and so-called immigrants that I just met um, out in San Antonio and folks everywhere, you know what I'm saying, that are facing deportation, that are facing incarceration. You know, shouts out, um, I didn't announce this, but um, Sawatu is free for the moment. Yay! Yeah. Um, talk about all that. Man, man we got we to gotta talk we gotta about We got to talk about that, right? Because that energy that y'all gave the week of the 11th through the 15th or 11th uh-huh, through the 14th. Uh-huh, for that Sawatu. Saturday. Oh, yeah, the, the fundraiser. Oh, my God, Piper, that good energy. Yeah, like, so Sawatu... You know, um, she's free as of right now. Understood. And so we're working to keep her free. We want to keep her out on these streets. Mm-hmm. Um, she, uh, you know, had a CCW, which means a license to carry. Um, her mother and child's life was threatened. She pulled her firearm. It was not loaded at the time. She pointed it not at the person, but the person went to the police first. So their story was the one that, you know, the police accepted. And um, the judge decided to give her two years, even though uh, he could have allowed her to roll with the stand your ground. Um, And just to add, you know, insult to injury, he um, basically uh made she was pregnant at the time and instead of allowing her to go home and give birth and then do her time he made her go in first and she had to give birth shackled um in handcuffs to the bed in the prison so that was really traumatizing as well and so um she's reunited with her family her husband her 4-year-old and her new um, six-month-old baby, her mom, her sister, and the rest of her family. We want to keep her home. So um, if you go to um, freesawatu.org, you can donate because um, she still needs money for her legal, for her appeal, so that we can keep her out here, keep her safe, keep her free. Um, While she was in there, she was doing a lot of um, advocacy for women and mothers in prison. If you remember one episode we had BYP 100 Black Youth Project here talking about yes, the yes. Black Mamas bailout um, where they um, donated some money to her and to bail out other black mothers. And, um, you know, this is a fight that, you know, we will continue. My, Like I said, my, my position is it for prison abolition. Um, but in the meantime, 
you know what I'm saying? For the just transition, we have to look to um, reform. And so that's something that um, is on the table right now. Uh, there's a bill, there's a prison reform bill that's on the table that needs to get um, looked at. Um, so-called President Trump put this bill out. Um, one of our community members, Shaka Senghor, um, helped um, write this bill, um, you know, and so just really want to look at it and see, you know, is it good the way it is? Um, does it need to be rewritten? Um, does it need to be amended? Mm. Um, this is something that I believe that all black people need to weigh in on mm. because of the the significance of prison in the black community. Um, we, we, we need some more political education around this bill. We need more political education around um, I would say prison abolition as well as prison reform. And so that's something that um, I'm going to get a little bit more invested into is um, having these focus groups around environmental justice, especially as it relates to our environments, which includes getting rid of these prisons, um, reducing, uh, you know, demilitarizing our, um, our the, the police force and um, working to decriminalize uh, a, a lot of these, um, you know, uh, things that are that are going on in our communities, and and really looking for um, ways in which we can hold police accountable, more accountable in our communities, because um, it's just becoming really terrible. Uh, this increased militarization, we 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 got to do something about this. I I feel that I'm gonna actually read it. And then uh, I will uh, be on top of it, and I'm going to come on for that show. You probably going to have some other people on, too. But I'm going to read it, and I'm going to come on and uh, mm-hmm. be ready to roll because the the crisis that's going on where it's more of my brothers, more black men locked up. Right. It's, it's too much. It's is grotesque. It's too it's much. It's one of the number one reasons Great why work. I had a— uh, challenge with the last crime bill and, and supporting, you know, the the way that a lot of the still elected officials supported that uh, and some of my gripes with those politicians and, and uh, Hillary Clinton as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's, uh, and, and understanding that because uh, the business is most of these things mm-hmm. that prison has become mm. here in this nation immediately puts me into uh, harm's way, right. my brothers in harm's way, as being seen as the only way we can be profited is if we locked up. Right. And, and yeah, for sure, I definitely want to do more, um, more work, like, in that realm because, like, we, our beloved brother, Ron Scott, um, had the Coalition Against Police Brutality, but at this point, we really need that organization to be more active. Um, and whatever we can do to support, for me, I feel like education is something I can do um, to support, like helping to bring in people who could give, you know, like expertise on these things. And you too, Kari, like helping to bring in people so we could do more education in our community, like teachings on these things so that folks can actually be at the table to weigh in because a lot of these mm. bills are in language that is very difficult for us to understand. And then 
you know, things sound good and then we just say, okay, because it's too much to read and understand. And then next thing we know, we caught up. And then, yeah. And then a lot of this needs to go also with the fact that like the, uh, the amount of, uh, the amount of guilty pleas that are consistently being taken place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people strongly need to visit Frank Murphy Hall of Justice if you are in the Detroit area or whatever your uh, circuit court is, wherever you are as courts is something you do have access to as American citizens. But um, the the way that black man after black man, because one thing that is very prevalent is you can go to any of these court systems around this metro Detroit area and it ain't nothing but black people in there. Mm-hmm. You know? So like the the clear targeting of this, mm-hmm. you know, even before we put these things into like what happens when a person ends up in prison, mm-hmm. the, the gateway of how they get there, because that system is so corrupted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That it's- that so many of these things need to be unveiled. Mm-hmm. As we just saw a, a judge, one of those corrupt, you know, federal judges make their way onto the Supreme Court and we see their right. actions and we see this, uh, I'm going to just call it like it is. We see this rapist mm-hmm. that hopefully gets rape convictions is now about to be a Supreme Court justice. Right. Now I have to deal with things that, you know, so many people I know in that are in jail for bogus charges because as minute they turn 18, mm-hmm. they just happen to live into a highly policed uh uh, community, mm-hmm. and now they're facing, uh, now they're facing, you know, life in prison because right. you know this is their third strike of just trying to get out, and they flagged up and they can't make a move. So right. then, you know, doing what is considered illegal is mm-hmm. the only way that they can make ends meet. And then we have we're watching rapists make their way to, as they say, the highest court in the wow. land. This is the hypocrisy that we live in in this nation. Yeah. And it needs to be shined on every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I'm with you on that, bro. Yeah. So that's more of the work that we'll be doing here is just like letting y'all have a peek inside. Of, you know, we, we just have more political education, more political education. And then, um, yeah, so that's what we got for now. And you'll just see us opening up more cans of worms on these things so that we can have more conversations about this kind of stuff because it's just important for us to keep learning together and growing together. But, um, yeah, I just really appreciate in my Detroit is Different family right now and my biological family, my social justice family, my global family. And, uh, yeah, so that's it. This is the Piper Carter podcast on Detroit is Different. Keep listening. Hit us up on Detroit is Different on all platforms of social media and DetroitIsDifferent.com. Check out the website and check out all the other shows too. There's like Detroit is Different After Dark as well. So Piper Carter Podcast. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. Trust me, I would have been done. I'm going to do this till I'm bloody and muddy. Call it my long run. Call it my ransom. Call it your anthem. Swoosh. Go in and make that and one. Just do it. Go ahead and pursue it. Chase it like it was true because it actually is. It's too many a doofus with too many excuses. That's why the 
music seems to be just making us useless. We all gagging and lollying. Too busy polying, polytricking, forbidden when infants are left lying in. Jiren and feces, question where that peace be. Peace be too quiet, too chill. Peace be too calm and too still. Cause everybody nowadays got a license to ill. And everybody nowadays got a license to kill, 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 kill. Murder, murder, blood spill, spill, spill. So they service cold plates or cold cases. And we've been waiting, putting out water for justice. We wonder what the taste is. Heard she was blind, never thought she was faces, never thought she was racist. How come the ones who's supposed to keep us the safest, they chase us? They used to use some hoses, but nowadays they just haze us. Nothing seems to face us. Reality's not reality till it's on the stage, cuz, cuz. We all exhibitionists, everybody's courageous, everybody's the bravest. Until it's time for action, we all crying out, save us. Crying out to God and calling all kinds of favors. Do we actually believe, based on our behavior, the end time's upon us? We all gonna need a savior. Listen. I'ma do it till his kingdom come Do it till the work's done Do it till it's not fun That day I'll never come Do it till I see it through Do it till I'm see-through Phantom of my own opera No musical make visible The invisible God's point of view With it without residuals This is my cue Do it until I see it Do it till I believe it Do it until I be it And I actually are I'ma do it Do it, do it, do it This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network The culture of an American classic city